with cows and shit. It's just a little crazy, right? Like, they be feeding these motherfuckers candy to fatten them up and a bunch of other weird shit. Yeah. And like, Randall Linebacker's one of the only fucking cows that we have in the U.S. that just isn't fucked with. Like, they just get to go live and eat grass and just live a normal cow life. You can taste that life. You know, you know, this is a, is a weird, weird world. And they did not catch me that night. Yep. I was hitting cuts. I was moving. Okay. I okay. But yeah, it's just it's just nicotine. That's all it is. It's just it's just straight nicotine. How do they just extract just nicotine? I know. Is it in a powder for like what is yeah. this fucking bag? It's yeah. just yep. powder. Wow. Yep. I guess you can do anything these days, really. Yeah. I've been popping them like candy and I need to probably stop. <laughs> Kelly said, are you going to stop doing that? And I said, yeah, just wow. let me go through my phase. Okay. So you, so you're not dipping and that's because you don't want the tobacco. No, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so I did that for a little bit and Kelly hated it for obvious reasons. Yeah. I didn't even enjoy doing it after a while. It's just like, you know. <laughs> It's just something that, like, you just do. It's a, ha- a habit at that yep, point. Yep, yep, And, uh, I mean, it it relaxed me. It calmed me. It soothed me. But then I was like, you know what? I care about my appearance way too much, my teeth, my mm-hmm. like, all that sort of stuff. Let me just stop. And then I saw these, and I was like, hmm, well, if I'm going to start weaning myself off of doing this, let me do something that's, in my mind, a little safer, mm-hmm. right? But that mixed with smoking hookah once a week which i haven't done in months now wow um months we used to do that all the time yeah i was telling her that you <laughs> like if i was going to usually see you or tony somewhere you guys would just pull up with a whole fucking hookah and just start twisting shit and getting plugging stuff in like i'm like they just roll around with a hookah like in their car. <laughs> yep. Yep. And what better person to smoke with than somebody who's, you know, from the motherland who mm. knows how to do that. Dude, we went. So Kelly and I went back. Are we are we rolling? Yeah. Fuck it. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, cool. <laughs> um, See how easy that is? Yeah. No. We're just chatting. Hey, guys. Yeah. Hey, Tyler. Tyler's <laughs> here with us, guys. What's Thank up? you for being here. I really do appreciate like anyone that just comes out here and, and does this. There, there are times when a lot of people are like, I'm very nervous. I'm nervous and excited and I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Or I don't know if I feel comfortable speaking about my ideas. And I'm just like, yo, just come hang out. Like, yep. we're just hanging out. Yep. 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 Just like So it. I appreciate when people just come out here and do this weird thing. Yeah, man. No, dude, I'm 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 sorry that it took me so long. I've been meaning to do right, this. Right. But, but yeah, no, I appreciate you. And your lady having me here, so thank you. But what um, you were speaking about, you you said Kelly's name. Yeah, so we went, we try to make a trip back to Harrisonburg every year just because JMU's home. Um, like, it's so weird. I'm sure people want to, like, punch me every time I start talking about JMU. It's like, oh, it's the greatest place on earth. To us, it is. Right. So we try to make a trip every year. We were a little delayed this year because we got our puppy. But um, we went this past weekend, and... I pointed over to like in front of one of the halls, there's a table that's still there. And I was like, that's where I smoked hookah for the first time. Do you remember Yusuf? Wow. Do you remember my friend Yusuf? I don't really. I remember yeah. that name, but no, and yeah. face doesn't come with it. Yeah, dude, before, we, imagine doing this around COVID, right? Mm. Nobody would even think of like sharing a hose and putting in your mouth on something that every like 20 other people have been doing and smoking out of and spitting on. And some, pe- some people would, I personally, I wasn't, as terrified 
as a lot of other people. There was a point where Keon, his his fiance, was actually in the hospital uh-huh. on a respirator. And they turned that bitch up to like 70% because the lungs wasn't really doing much. Was she smoking or? No. It's just it just wasn't issues. not good yeah. lungs. Yeah. I think not the best respiratory system, not really getting a whole lot of work. Yeah, tobacco that nicotine is definitely kicking in. Um it's interesting how it kind of runs the brain. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 It encourages thought. <laughs> Anywho, um Keon at that point in time was put in a precarious situation because people thought, well, you were around her, mm. right? She had COVID. We don't want to fucking be around you. Like, mm-hmm. so that's at a point where now everyone's already quarantined. Mm-hmm. But some people are still visiting other people just like very slightly. Right. Um, especially if you haven't been around anyone that's been tested positive. And I felt pretty safe personally because of how I take care of myself. I don't get sick often when I do. I usually get over it pretty fast. So I was like, ah, I feel like Kobe don't really got much for me. Mm-hmm. Um, Keon, no one would see this man. Yeah. And he had his fiance in the hospital. So he, he wasn't in the best of states at that time. Mm-hmm. And he was, he was around the way. He was in Manassas. He was at his parents' house. And I was like, man, fuck this, bro. I was like, let's go on a smoke ride. Mm-hmm. Like, fuck, I'm going to hang out with you. Fuck, because I'm good. And that's what I decided to do. And I most certainly didn't get sick from him. And I like to think that I gave him some semblance of solace mm-hmm. in that in that period, you know. It's good for him. Yeah, yeah we would just talk him. about, you know, our life and our friendship and, you know, just fun shit like that. And I, yeah, because that's, that's a, oh, God, that's a tough, it's a tough space to be in. Yeah. How's he doing, by the way? Because I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him in a long time. He's, like, he's being a fucking dad. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's uh, he's selling good meats. Good. Bro, you like good. you like like a good cut of meat, yeah. right? Yeah. We got to get you know what? Maybe I'll give you a uh, I'll give you a gift before you leave here because I have some Randall lineback, which is. Oh. oh, my man. So you are you already hip. I, I yes. 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 It's such good meat. Yeah, it's yeah. so fucking yeah. good. You sure you want to, you want to give that to me? Oh, Keep yeah, for, for sure. No, 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 no. Dude, no, because the, the, here's the deal. This fucker gets so much. And it's it's all written off. Like, he can get as much as he wants. He just brings boxes of just freezed meats to people. Like little Slim Jim-like things, duck breast prosciuttos, everything seasoned bacon, mm-hmm. regular bacon, and the bacon is so nice. It's so fatty, and I like to get a good char on it. Mm-hmm. So you have like this crunchy and then this fatty thing. The fucking New York strips coming through. The ribeyes, the chuck roast, big-ass chuck roast I got in there right now. Um, What else? Chorizo, uh, habanero sausages. They're just so, it's all. Everything. In, and then what happens, I've talked to Mikey about this, is you become a snob. Yep. Yep. You have to. <sighs> there's such a, there's like this fucking battle I have, of like becoming a snob for things. Because it's like when you're introduced to things, you don't like to go backwards. Yeah. So yeah. then I'll, I'll, if I go out and like, I haven't seen Keon in a few weeks. I've gone through all my Randall line back. <laughs> I go out to the fucking store and I buy some steak and I eat it. And I'm like, God damn it. Like, I shouldn't be ungrateful that I can just go to the supermarket and buy steak. Yep. 
but it's yep. just not the same fucking quality. Same thing with eggs too, you know, like it's oh, yeah. any any type of produce like that. And I never was that type of guy to be like, oh man, I want to go to the, like the, the local farmer, like the, the local butcher shop and just get like the meats from there instead of going to the grocery store. I was never that person, but it matters. It, it matters. matters. It matters, man. It, it matters. fucking matters. And, and she grew up, Ramari grew up only eating the neighbor's eggs. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, so it, it's just a certain thing you grew up with and you want. She'll grow her own mints and herbs and shit like that that she likes to use on stuff. That stuff makes such a huge difference. Randall back. And then when I got into like just what's going on with cows and shit, it's just a little crazy, right? Like they be feeding these motherfuckers candy to fatten them up and a bunch of other weird shit. Yep. And like Randall Lineback's one of the only fucking cows that we have in the U.S. that just isn't fucked with. Like they just get to go live and eat grass and shit and just live a normal cow life. Yep. You can taste that life. <laughs> you, you can. <laughs> You can taste, it's so terrible to say, but it's true. Yep. You can taste the richness of the life that was lived. You think about it. Like if a fucking walking dead sort of happened, right? Like, oh, you know what I mean? We all got, there was some fucking zombie sort of apocalypse to happen. Just like in the show, I think I'm like a couple seasons off right now, but just like in the show, there's going to be cannibalism. Yep. And there are certain people you're going to want to eat in other. This is a wild conversation. And other, <laughs> and other people, you're just like, is it safe to eat him? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know. Like he doesn't look like he's been like that's not good meat. Yeah, yeah. You know what I, I mean? mean? Yeah, yeah. So I try to live a life where I would be a good candidate to be eaten. Hey, <laughs> I I never thought I'd hear those words ever. Right, but it it, it makes, makes sense. all the sense. It makes sense. Oh, yeah. it makes sense. I want to be nutritious for someone. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start thinking that way now. You know, like it's it, nice. More motivation to like you know stay in the gym and like stay healthy, eat healthy. Which I had a fried chicken sandwich before coming here, so that's not it. But uh, you know. everyone, you're gonna do it. Yeah, you're gonna do it. Every once in a while, you're gonna eat a little. Yeah. But get back to your uh, get back to your uh, Harrisonburg, your love for Harrisonburg, oh, your trip. Yeah, dude. I mean, like that's that's probably not the sexiest thing to talk about, but it was fun. It was cool to just like reminisce and. Uh, I mean, you what know. do you do when you go there? So we walk around campus all the time, um, which again is like boring, but like for us, it means something. Like yeah. it, has, it has a lot of sentimental value. Like I was telling her, music is a big thing for me, right? And as long as you've known me, like I love music. Music takes me back to like different places. I have playlists that are like fall of 2009, wow. summer of 2006, really? like, things like that, like different seasons oh. of like these songs that I remember. I remember exactly what I was doing. Like who I was hanging out with, where I was driving, where I was walking. And like we were just like walking on this one part of campus. And I was like, I can tell you, Kelly, right now, like the one album, the one artist that I was listening to walking through here was like Tyga, well done. Like the well done mixtape. You know what I mean? Like something so silly and yeah. stupid. But I remember, like I remember all those distinct moments in like places and time. Um, but so like things like that. We go to our favorite restaurants and bars. Um and uh yeah wine. that must be fun it's fun dude and you like, see a bunch of the students you're like oh you guys yeah yeah and they're kids dude they're kids like th so when we went this past weekend school's out so we you know none of the students were around but when we've gone in the past we usually go in like the winter time and like spring semester and uh like looking at these kids now we're looking at each other and we're like we did not look that young 
We didn't. There's no way we looked that young. You, yeah, you don't babies, think so. Babies, like tw- they look like they're twelve. It's crazy. Yeah, but like um, Kelly and I were talking about that. That's talk about like changes in generations. Mm. Like if you look back at like our parents' generation or even beyond that, like you look at a teenager from back in the day and they look weathered, like they look mm. older, right? But now, like that same age, they look like they they're retaining their youth almost too much, mm. right? They look way younger than what they actually are. <laughs> but there's like this transition, right? Like uh, between the generations of like how, I guess like modern medicine is like coming to- Modern medicine, modern nutrition. Modern, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, they don't have to work as hard. Yeah, oh, dude. Like, so exactly on that, like they're staying indoors more. They're on their phones. They're on like using technology more instead of going out and playing. Being out in the sun, getting scraped up and stuff, you know, like speaking to people, speaking to people, dude, the attention span is ridiculous. Are you, are you listening to any of these songs these days? Like these hip hop songs are like two minutes, two and a half minutes yeah. where they used to be like four or five minutes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Things like that. The it, attention especially span Especially like, I mean, I, I can't speak for all genres and everything that they were doing, but I know, especially for hip hop, there was a very, I mean, I, th- I guess a lot of pop music, there was a very specific, uh generation or formulation i should say of the songs where it would just be like you open up maybe there's a a chorus at the beginning but most likely probably just like a small intro verse hook or chorus verse hook bridge Mm -hmm. into the last you know chorus or whatever something like that so there were usually like three verses to things but things would be Five minutes long, you know, you listen to a fucking Eminem song that should be anywhere between like four and eight minutes mm-hmm. long. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I remember when Stan came out, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, like a seven minute. It was like the biggest thing. I remember, I think they played it on like uh, Tiggin in the Basement, you know, or like 106 in Park or mm-hmm. something like that. And they mm-hmm. came back when BET was the thing people wanted to watch mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was cool. Uh, and you had AJ and Free on 106 in Park. You had, you know, Tigger in the basement again, as I've already said, but it was it was fun and there were stories being told and it was, there was breadth to it. Now, but I mean, I'm and I'm not this is not me hating, but it's just a, it's a new age. You know, yeah. what I mean, people are trying to get through stuff quicker. Yeah. There's way yeah. there's so yeah. much yeah. people are trying to get to. You, it's got to be quicker. Yep. Yeah. And so I sit here and I do three hour long podcasts for yeah. whoever wants to still listen to that. Mm-hmm. 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 So whatever. I, this is what I like to do. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. Like, um, do you ever, so my favorite comedian mm. and he does podcast too, is Chris D'Elia. Oh, Chris is? D'Elia. Chris yeah. D'Elia is hilarious. Yep, yeah. yeah. He's funny. He's, he got in a little bit of trouble a couple years ago Uh-oh. and I was like, uh, like, do I still listen to him? Do I still support Ooh, him? What kind, of, what kind of trouble you get into? He had some allegations come out about him like hooking up with younger girls. Oh no, that's yeah. terrible. Yeah. You want to know why that's bad. terrible? Because I saw him in a show. Oh, called oh, um you. Yeah, you. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That was the movie. Yep. Yeah, the fucking show with Joe. Yep. Yeah, yep. the guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was just talking about this show to someone the other day actually. And like the weird I was talking to Mikey about it actually. We just recorded an episode and we were talking about the weird attraction to that some women have for joe yeah because i've like yeah. actually had real conversations with women that are just like he's just misunderstood he like he loves her so much he's willing to do whatever and i'm like wow mm-hmm. they did a really good job in that show humanizing this guy and, and playing nice little you know melodic jingles as he's talking about these weird psychotic mm-hmm. thoughts that he has in his mind 
I did a great job scoring that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's that's really fucking weird. Damn, Chris. But anyway, yeah. In that show, he was a guy that was doing that. Yeah. How fucking crazy Terrible. do you have to be to like to play that role? And to be doing the thing. Yep. Oh yep. my God. Yeah. That you were doing in the role. Yeah. That's crazy. I feel like that's a certain attention. Like that's too close to home. Why would you do that? I know. I know. I know, dude. And so that I, I was a fan of him before that stuff started coming out and I was like, oh no. Like oh. Do, do I do I stop? Like he's funny as hell. I think he's funny. And like <laughs> you know, he's like people thought Chris uh, or Bill Cosby was yeah, funny too. Yeah, I know. Did did I he know. did he get convicted of it? Yeah. So he like there was a time where he like stopped doing his podcast. He stopped doing stand up. Um, he had a couple specials out on Netflix. He was supposed to have a couple more, and they like they were like, nope, sorry. Um, so he took like some uh, a hiatus away, and I guess was dealing with all that sort of stuff. But he's back at the podcast. Like he's he's doing like all this stuff that he was doing before. So I don't know if it got wiped or whatever. But but anyways, um, to him like this, I if whenever the thought of a podcast comes to mind, I think of like how he just goes and like talks about whatever, you know, during, during that certain amount of time, you know, and is, is it like a one man podcast? He just sort of rambles. Yeah. Some people are really yeah, good at that. Yeah. 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 So yeah, dude, no, this is cool. This is freaking cool. Like oh, that, this that, is, that you're doing this, you know? Oh, and, I'm glad you, that you, you feel stuck that way. with it. You stuck with right? it. Right. Yeah. I know that. I think that's the thing for a lot of people. It's, it's your intention going in. Like if you're trying to be fucking famous tomorrow, and it doesn't happen because it most likely will not because it's just sheer numbers. It doesn't make sense that you would just expect that for, to be the case. Then yeah, you're going to be discouraged very quickly, like most other things. Yep. That yep. isn't a get rich quick scheme, and then you're going to stop doing it. Yep. I like doing this. Yeah, I like talking to people. For, yep. I was explaining to Mikey that for me, the best thing, um, I guess, the best analogy I've been able to make is that. If you travel ever, you get this very, very visceral sense that your perspective has been expanded. When you go somewhere, you see other things, you try other foods, you're around other languages, just other cultures. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow, this is really nice to be here. You feel like your eyes have been open. Mm-hmm. And I, I was talking to Mikey the other day and I was saying, bro, <clears throat> imagine the first dude that said, he was he was trying to explain something to his friend or she or whatever, and was trying to explain, uh, or they them whoever <laughs> was trying to explain to their friend. Man, I, I had this experience the other day, and it just felt like I don't know, like uh, like my eyes open, like it was an eye opening experience. Like the first person to say those words, and to be the first person to hear someone say that, like. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like it feels like your eye, like your eyes were already open, but it feels like they opened wider yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, there are tons of people that go on trips, but often a lot of the times they don't seem rejuvenated after it. They don't seem like they really absorbed or took anything in. They just kind of went there and was just, you know, posting a bunch of photos and trying to look good for people, mm-hmm. but they didn't really gain much from it. And that's a shame. Mm-hmm. But if you have the practice, if you have the tools to open yourself to an experience and be able to absorb, mm-hmm. then it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I speak to people, I've gotten really, really good at listening to people and opening mm-hmm. myself to their perspective. And so when you do that, for me, 
it's a microcosm of traveling. I get to travel inside someone else's thoughts, inside someone else's else's mind. And I think that is the allure of podcasts. Yeah. Like, I want to know what the fuck you have going on. Yep. I want to know how your mind thinks. I want to know where we where our thoughts converge, where they diverge, all that sort of stuff. So I fucking I just love to I have no clearly I just fucking built this room. I have no plans on stopping if any, I'm ramping it up, yeah, if yeah, anything. Yeah. So, yeah, this is so much. I would do this if I could. I would do this every day. Yeah. I would just have someone, I would just have people come in here. Sometimes I do uh, just one person like this. Sometimes it's been five people and it's just been all the guys, me, Duty, Mike, RJ, like, and we're just Hank Keon. Mm-hmm. We're just hanging out chatting. So I would do this all the time. It's my favorite thing in the world to fucking do. That's so cool. It's so, it's so much fun for me. That's so cool, man. Yeah. That's so cool. So do you do this? Like, is this like a once a week type of deal? Do you have a set schedule for like, you know, w- what you're aiming to get or it just... You do it when you want to. Do you do this by yourself sometimes? Like I have. I've I've put together when I was like super, super nerdy, um, which is just always. I was I was like super in my head at a point in time. And I was just trying to formulate new and just progress concepts in my mind. Just think about things in ways that I hadn't before and certain layers of you know profundity, I guess you would say. And so in order for me to do that, I would think about them. I would just sit and meditate in my room and just think about a certain thought and just try to uh, dissect it as much as I could and try to get as granular Mm -hmm. as I could. Mm -hmm. And then I would just write essays on random ideas that I had. Mm -hmm. And so there were like four that I recorded like that. I wrote one on drawing parallels between seemingly unlike things because for me all things are very connected and so i would just take these very again seemingly contrasting ideas and i would i just made i wrote an essay about drawing the parallels between things extrapolating information from this series of data and circumstances and experiences and stories in your life and picking it up moving it over here and seeing how it maps on to the next thing. And it, so I wrote an essay on that. I wrote an essay on originality mm-hmm. and what I think originality is and what people say when they say something's original, even though everything is stolen from a bunch of other people. Like there's nothing that I am or that I do that hasn't been influenced and impressed upon by a bunch of other people. Sure before me mm-hmm. you and then you just try to find a way to make it your own it's like if you, you love music so much there's probably been various artists that you started listening to when they came on the scene mm-hmm. right and still listen to now and so you were able to see the evolution of those artists and you may have been able to hear other artists in their music mm-hmm. you're like oh like that early kendrick sounds a little bit like eminem and a little bit like this and a little bit like that mm-hmm. and they keep doing it. They keep getting those reps in. And at some point in time, they're able to take all of that and then manipulate it into their own flavor. And then now they're them. Yep. And now they have their own sound. Yep. But it's really just a gumbo of a bunch of people that came before them. Yep. Um, like for me, I listen to a lot of the JRE, a lot of Joe Rogan. Mm-hmm. He's amazing at what he does. Yep. And clearly he's the biggest podcaster. Like people know that about him. 
but I look at it at a very technical level. Um, Because I studied communications, it's been very much on my mind my whole life. I've just read a ton of communications books. And you've been good at it too. Like, just like communicating with people and just having a conversation, you know, like, you're good at this. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, I think it's a lot of it was something that I just wanted to do. I think there were a lot of things in my life that sort of encouraged me to do that thing. Like being a part of a generation of people that just did speak to humans more. Mm-hmm. And then it was a part of my personality. I just liked speaking to people. What was my fucking senior superlative uh, most outgoing? Most outgoing. Right, yeah. exactly. Yep. So yep. I was just constantly bothering people yep. and trying to talk to people and so that. It wasn't for the intentions that I have now. You know, I used to be a, a huge fuckboy. So a lot of it was just like, <laughs> how many women can I try to sleep yeah. with? Yeah. And whatever the case is, like, how can I impress the guys around me? Yeah. That was a lot of my identity at a point in time. So glad I got out of all that shit. But um, yeah, I I think a lot of me was sort of bred to just speak to people. And then I just started finding, once I really learned how to start listening actively, I started realizing the beauty in people that I was just missing for years and years and years, like the layers to them. Um, It's Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. So I try to do this weekly. Um, This will be episode 170. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I've, I've been going hard for like three, like three years strong now. Uh, so yeah, I, I try to do that. As far as the scheduling of things, I've never been a huge scheduler yeah. of things. So I just work with other people's schedule, and I just make it happen because I'm I'm just so happy and honored and blessed and humbled to do this. So whenever people can have time, I'll just make it work. Cool. Yeah, weekly. Cool. Good. And then people see other people on it and they're like, okay, I feel a little bit more comfortable doing it. And they come on and friends will recommend friends like you should go have a conversation with this guy and I'll meet completely new people as they knock on my door. You know what I mean? So it was like really, really cool. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. I'm just weird enough to do all of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you can keep the conversation going too, you know? And so like back to Joe Rogan, you know, like I, I watch him all the time too, love him. And I think it's cool that he's got like all these, like he's got specialists on there. He's got his buddies on there. And he's got, I feel like people that he's never spoken to before, but like sees like, like a UFC fighter of some sort mm-hmm. or whatever. And like sees them performing and like, it's just like, hey, you know, call this person up, see if they'd be willing to come on the podcast and like talk about whatever, you know, um, I think that's cool. And it's, you know, what you're what you're in, you know, you're you're doing here. I think that's really cool. And that's one of the things that <clears throat> as I've had the interest of doing this myself. Right. Because um, I feel like we yeah. share a lot of the same like similarities in like, you know, wanting to talk to people and like, you know, trying to, you know, just, you know invoke conversation mm-hmm. about something that you don't normally talk about or, you know, and, and so that was something I was going to ask you is like, you know, how, how do you come up with these things? You know, you just let, you know, the conversation flow, you know, with whoever you have on here, but you said you, you, you know, you'll go and meditate and write essays on particular mm-hmm. topics you want to talk about and everything. So like, is, is, is that, do you find that like challenging? Do you find that like at times awkward if you're like kind of talking like alone or about a particular topic that like you're not sure if the public's going to perceive it in the same way that you want them to mm-hmm. like how do you how do you feel about that I don't give a shit about that uh when it comes to the way that someone perceives something uh, I mean okay maybe I shouldn't say I don't give a shit about it maybe that's a bad way of putting it because I am 
quite particular with my words, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I, I do want to say things that I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very conscious of the words that are coming out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. So, but but that's because I, I want for the person to understand, but it, it's not really all the people listening. If I'm speaking to someone, I want you to know what the fuck I'm talking about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So it behooves me to sequence my words correctly, right? Mm-hmm. They're not all jumbled up. Ideas don't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think just by being a an avid talker yep. to people and yep. a listener, just, it just comes out that way and people do. And th- there's so many perspectives out there. People are going to misinterpret what you say all the time, yep. all of the time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I can't, th- th- what are you going to do? Yeah. You know what I mean? They're going to take it as they do. And then you, you just keep moving. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people around me that I talk to. So I take real feedback from people, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? About yeah. the ideas that I'm talking about or the way that I'm coming off to people. Mm-hmm. I have real feedback from real human beings in real time. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's certainly never an awkward, I, the, there are a couple of things that I don't really feel too much of awkwardness, especially in social situations. For me, I'm just, it's, um, I'm not in my head that much about social situations. You can tap dance, you know, if you need to. Yeah. Like whatever needs to happen. And when it comes to conversation with me, um, you know, I've had a lot, a lot of practice on here that I didn't know was practice, mm-hmm. right? Before the podcast was ever a thing. Just constantly going out and trying to impress girls. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know, what's funny to tie this into the Joe Rogan thing is I think something he does really, really, really well is, one, he practices Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Yeah. And the term is to roll with someone, right? Like to spar with them in a sense, to roll with them. And I think he rolls with people in conversation really, really well. Mm-hmm. Like he's just, mm-hmm. it's whatever we're talking about. You just kind of have to ride the wave. You, The worst that I feel like I've ever done in conversation is when I've tried to make it something. Yeah. When I've, I'm, I'm trying to steer the conversation in certain ways to just fulfill what I would like to be spoken about or whatever. And I feel like that makes things very limited, mm-hmm. very, very limiting. It's like to stay on the dating um, sort of comparability. If you're dating someone or you're thinking about dating someone or you're on the apps or whatever. Often when people have very. Um, some people might say just very specific wants and desires, like I want a boyfriend, I like I want this to be serious, right? As opposed to when people would ask me, what are you on the apps for? Because it's the very first question people ask you. What are you doing here? Because mm-hmm. they want to know your intentions. They want to know, should I get involved with this guy or not? Um, my answer was always something along the lines of, I'm just here for the organic blossoming of whatever this could be. Like, we could find ourselves in a relationship, possibly. Like, I'm, I'm open to that. We could just be friends with benefits. We could just be friends. We could just have a conversation through the apps. And then never talk again, which if you've been on the apps, that happens often. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just you just kind of have to roll with it. I believe through my experience speaking with people, what happens is you start talking to someone new or not. 
And people often start on that, you know, oh, the weather or whatever the fuck it is that people talk about, you know. And that's I'm completely fine with that. I used to not be okay with small talk. Now I love it because small talk to me is just the very natural and reasonable way of transit Mm -hmm. to your deep talk. Mm -hmm. Like you just you can't you can't just walking up to people and tell them what's your deepest, darkest secret? What's how do you feel about consciousness? What do you do? UFOs. How do you feel about the the world that we live in? There's just two. It's just like, whoa, who the fuck are you? But if you just start talking to someone about pie, they like pie. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they start telling you about how their mom, their grandma used to make pie mm-hmm. and how they used to be in, in the, the kitchen with their grandma making pie and how much it means to them that that was ever a thing. And then you slowly start to get into something that someone cares about. Right. I think that people want to talk about things that they care about. I just think that often they don't feel as though the person they're talking to gives a shit about what they want to talk about. Yeah. So they often skirt the issue and, you know, they just talk about very, very light things. Mm-hmm. Something I read in a book by a woman named Sher- Sherry Turkle. The book was called Reclaiming Conversation. I already love the name of that. I bought the book immediately. Mm-hmm. And she just spoke about some small things with technology and how it has handicapped us as people and clearly the newer generations, yep. since we're talking about that a little bit, yep. and how the simple <clears throat> gesture of having your phone upright when you're talking to someone on a table mm-hmm. will change the dynamic. Yep. Because w- the person across from you may very well be thinking, well, if that phone goes off, they're going to pick up the phone. They're going to. And so the susceptibility of that person to speak about something that they care about diminishes greatly already Mm -hmm. because they don't even really believe you're there for it. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's all these small little social cues that we give to each other. Um, I don't really, I would like to think I don't give that vibe off to people. So people are ready to talk to me about things and you kind of, people fumble around because people are people. So you're going to fumble around. Every talk you have with someone isn't going to be super smooth and just work out the whole way with no bumps right in the road. Um, but you speak to people long enough and you'll realize that something will catch. Yeah. Like you'll start talking about something and something will catch. And you, if you're paying attention, you'll see people light up about mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. And then it's like that thing. Yeah. Let's talk about that thing. And then you, I start yeah. to become curious about that thing. It's like, hey, I noticed that you you lit up and you got really ha- like explain to me how you feel about this thing. And then you're off to the races because yep. they can talk about that thing forever. Yep. You know, so no, I don't really find the, the awkwardness. I do think it's a rep thing where I didn't always feel this way. So let me be honest about that. Yep. I definitely there was definitely a point in time where I would be thinking as the guest was thinking before they would arrive. What are we going to talk about? Like, how are we going to make sure that this ball keeps rolling? All that sort of stuff. That shit, like everything else, you do it enough. It just kind of dissipates. It goes into the background and you just find yourself rolling with people. We're just we're just fucking chatting. We're talking. Everything doesn't have to be a perfect segue. We could end this and be like, man, well, listen, just what's new in life? Fuck it. You know what I mean? Just go on to something else. Like there's no I, I think trying to make things like this, this perfect stream of events is again trying to just control things too much yep. has been my downfall in any conversation. So I just yeah. I don't do that. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I feel about it. Now, when it comes to the podcast, I haven't spoken to you about this in a long time. My interest 
is people. So I just speak to people. So we can fucking talk about anything, anything at all that we're interested in speaking about or that we don't know about each other. We're catching up. We can talk about those things. It's whatever. So the playing field is so vast. It's so large. So I don't understand how you just like how you get stumped. Yep. You know, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so awkwardness is one thing I don't feel. Another thing I do not feel is boredom. Yep. But Good. that just I don't uh, that doesn't resonate with me anymore. Sure. Like being yeah. bored yeah. Yeah. does it just I don't even I don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. Not me. I, I just I don't get it yeah. anymore. I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um. So no, no boredom, no awkwardness. Just just fun. Now. When I got into like the Twitter verse a little bit, like wanting to try to connect with whatever podcast community is out there and seeing how people do stuff and like how they're podcasting. Um, what I found was this style of podcast is not the booming style of podcast. I mean, right. You have your Joe Rogan's, right. Um, but a lot of podcasts, I would say probably most podcasts are niche niche based. Yeah. It's, Topic. Yeah, exactly. Like I, this is a therapy podcast. This is a comic book podcast. This is a film podcast. This is a whatever podcast because people have certain interests. And then they're like, well, let's make a podcast about that interest. This podcast is about me speaking with people meaningfully about Mm -hmm. fucking life. So, so that's that. Now, I know I asked you this a long time ago, but what is your interest in podcasts? Like, what would you, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to do? Sure. So, I mean, honestly, this, like having the more conversational lack of topic, if you will, okay. you know, like whatever, like just going with the flow, you know, rolling with the punches, um, just developing a rapport with somebody and like expanding upon that. Like, that's fun. Yeah. So that's where you and I are like in that. I try to find a report and even like with work, especially, you know, if there's somebody that's new or somebody that's like, I work with a lot of awkward people, a lot of like wall huggers, right. Mm. That, you know, they, are they like a lot of it people? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, you know, trying to, trying to break that chasm of like, they, they don't really interact with people. They don't really care to, you know, but like they also, a lot of times don't know how to, you know, and a lot of people won't give them the time of the day, but it's like, and I mean, I'm, I'm by all means not the best at this, but like I try to develop a rapport with them. Like, you know, I see them listening to a particular song or a particular artist or, you know, like they're wearing purple because everything floats back to JMU for me. Right. So uh, I'll be like, oh, man, you know, like that's that's my that's my favorite color, man. Like, I love that. And, you know, like just something simple that you can find that will touch somebody and in their interest in like developing a relationship with them, you know, yeah. and like that's that's what I would try to do hope to do with like something like this so right? now your lovely woman has purchased you yeah a microphone just one yep. okay yep. and so you have one more microphone to go yes along with like how, do you yeah how do you want to do you want to try to maybe open it up to to zoom because for me i did the zoom thing i want to sit down with people so if like if you can't really get here then we're not doing the podcast. Like, yeah. I don't really want to do a Zoom session. I want to sit in front of someone. Yeah. Um, luckily, I speak to a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, they keep coming over here. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. It, it, it works out. Yeah. And, you know, truthfully, I feel like a lot of the time I would be on my own. And, it, you know, in that case, I would try to pick a topic that I'd like to, like, focus on. Mm. 
And I initially was thinking of like doing a topic on like contradictions, right? Okay. Like, so like I'm a Christian, right? But I don't use the cleanest of language. I listen to like <laughs> dirty hip hop. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, okay. and then, you know, I dress a particular way. Like I have tattoos and you know, like if, if, you're talking to somebody who's more on the conservative side. They'd be like, oh, you can call yourself a Christian. It's like, you don't have to be like perfect like that. I'm still my own person. I still have my own interests and I'm, st- I'm going to pursue those interests, you know, like things like that. Yeah. Um, I don't know how well perceived that would be, you know, if, 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 you know, how well received that would be, if people would even be interested in like, in stuff like that. But, you know, having, picking up different types of contradictions that there are, you know, um, you know, things that are going on in the world and, you know, all sorts of different topics like that. So that, that pertain to contradictions. I feel like that would be pretty to me. That'd be cool to like open that up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Why is it like that? You know, how can you make these things work together? Contradictions are funny. There was a, (laughs) these are the parallels. So I I draw these things often. um, And I, I, I believe that one of the things that I have that really makes me um, or makes the conversation that I have with people interesting is that I'm open to so many perspectives Mm -hmm. and I'm open to changing my perspective on something at a drop of a hat. Like if if what you say makes more sense than what I had in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take that. I'm going to go. I'm going to go with that now. My old idea is out of my head now. Um, and I find that to be very difficult for a lot of people. I think that people find that to be difficult because um, they, they latch on to something like this is who I am and they stay there and that's it. There's no conversation about it, which is very weird to me. Um, but. Yeah, you're you're trying to. Because it's just a pool of ideas. Like we're just we're just speaking about ideas. Yeah. I just spoke to Mikey about this, how we don't have to be the idea. Yeah. And there was one I was thinking about because when when the was it Roe v. Wade? That's the abortion mm-hmm, one, correct? Mm-hmm. I'll be out of the loop on a lot of things. You'll find that out about me. Uh so when that came around, I was just asking a question. I was I was in the house with a couple of friends and I was like why, like, what is the what is the driving force behind this 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 law? And one of my friends was like, "Oh, you haven't heard? Now he's on Twitter often, so yeah. whatever his Twitter feed is, that's what that's what he's regurgitating. That's what he knows. It's what he's read. He's probably clicked and just gone through threads, and he's like, "Yep, that's my idea now, right?" Mm-hmm. And he, he was like. That's the the white people trying to trying to get other people to stop having babies so that the white population can continue to thrive. Because if if everyone stops having because white people are slowly becoming extinct or something in his mind, he's like, they're slowly becoming less of the majority in America. But if a bunch of immigrants and a bunch of just colored people continue to have um, babies, then at some point in time, 20 years down the line, I don't know what the fuck they, the stats are, but at some point in time, we're all start to mesh and white people won't be the majority. And I heard that and I was like, what the fuck are you talking? Now, I didn't say this uh, verbally because I was just listening. 
But I was, in my mind, I was like, that doesn't make any sense at all. Like, what the fuck are you talking? If if that's the thing, like they're they're going to stop having. It's sort of like the the gun thing. It's like if you take guns away from everyone. There's just going to be a bunch of people out there that don't give a fuck about the law and they're just going to go get guns. And then the people that are law abiding citizens don't have guns. And like, what are you talking about? So it's the same thing. It's like if you take away that thing, white people also are not having children at the same rate and whatever the case is. I was like, I was was like, I don't I don't think that that really flies. But he read this and immediately that was his thing. Now, I've also heard from. One, Kanye West and whomever believes things that he says, which is droves of humans, Mm -hmm. that contraception in that way is is genocide of black children. Right. Because it's a ton of black children just not getting a chance to or black semen (laughs) not getting a chance to become (laughs) a little boy and a little girl and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's his idea on it. And it's like, well, so both of these are ideas. One of them is they made the law so that we can't become people. It's it's like a, it's a weird thing. So it's like, what what line do you fall on? Is yeah. like, are they doing it so that the white people can thrive? Like is 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 that what you're saying? Like they 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 want us to have less humans of color, like or like is it like I I don't know. It, it hold on a second because both of those are those maybe those are working in tandem. Hold on, but it's it's like it's a weird it's a weird dichotomy here. If you're saying if you're Kanye and you're saying this is genocide of the black and brown people, that's one. So, so like I, I think that they are working in tandem. It's just a matter of like, what argument do you want to like pursue? Like to, that, w- which is the greater of the evils, if you will. Right. Like, which, which makes. And he's a Christian, right, right? And a lot of people that follow him are like, okay, cool. I get like the Christian message, like don't do that. But then they're also saying that the Christian message is also the message that is. It's weird. Yeah, it's, it's weird. like it's the weird. like the Christian message should be let them live. Yeah, but then yeah. there's the Christian message that is like no, they like we should be more conservative about this. We shouldn't. So it's like okay, yeah. so what is the Christian yeah. message at this point then? Like yeah. like what yeah. like what are you saying is really happening? And so this is a contradiction on on both sides. <clears throat> like it does it doesn't it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. Um, so that's I'm always just trying to figure out like what like what the fuck is really going on like what are people talking about here yeah. I don't know how exactly how much sense that spiel made to anyone listening but it's a, just a, it's an interesting thing to think about like what yeah. do you think is really going on how much of it are you truly just going to take as gospel yeah. and say yeah like that's definitely what's going on like, people have a hard time of just saying listen I heard this thing at this place this is what they're saying mm-hmm. I don't know if I believe in that but this is what they're saying mm-hmm. I don't fucking know anything. Like I, I don't know why they made that law. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't. I, I don't really know if we're going to say that religion pushed that through politics. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. really think that that's the case. It's a. It's a. It's a weird thing. But they're also. But you've been thinking about a lot of stuff because when we talked about what we what was on your mind and maybe some of what you wanted to talk about, you had a litany of things, right? Like work life balance yeah. and mm-hmm. just 
you have a lot of shit going on in your mind. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, like, you know, maybe talking about like things that are uncomfortable for a lot of folks, mm-hmm. but you know, such as, I mean, there's a lot of bad stuff going on out there, you know? Um, I will, yeah, I know. But tell me about some of it. <laughs> so, so, um, I mean, yeah, you, 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 you talked about like gun violence and everything like that. And like, if we try to take guns away, like, you know, that's, that's not the answer, you know? Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I also agree that there are a lot of bad people out there that need to be controlled, right? Or like, you know, put under more of a a magnifying class in in terms like that. An unpopular thing that I believe is I think that there should be more education on Mm. something like that, right? Just gun. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, like more education on like what, what they're intended for, which is self-defense, right? And like defense of other people that you care about. Don't touch them aside from that unless you want to like go to the range and practice, which I, I love to do. I haven't done that in a while, but I love to do that. It's fun. Um, but like, you know, teaching that stuff more, education, like educating people, you know, like that's that's something that I truly believe, you know, could help. I could be wrong. And people who listen to this are going to be like, oh, he doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, you know. But um, that's, a, that's a, a narrow minded thing to say that that education would not help. Right, right, <laughs> right, right. Because I feel like, you know, the topic of guns comes up and people are like, oh, bad. Like only, you know, and then then you go and say that only police should have them. And there's a whole like, you know the the whole demonetize exactly. the police yeah. or defund the police right exactly so like you know which which is it right like mm-hmm. which which is it they're not going to go away right right and people are going to continue to do bad things with them right so how can you try to combat something like that and like arm yourself physically but also like mentally, mentally yeah. you know to like better understand how to use them yourself right. or you know like you know if you have young ones in the house like your kids or like other family like you know educate them like I knew about them when I was younger, right? When I was way younger. And uh, my, my wife did too. And, you know, we grew up with the mentality of like, this is, they're, they're a tool for one thing, it's defense only, right? But then you have other people who, you know, don't have that type of like upbringing, that type of mentality about it, right? I'm using this as, a, as, as an example of like what would be uncomfortable to talk about and right. how people would latch onto that and be like, oh, that's, can't believe he's talking about that. And, you know, that, that's, that's insensitive. And it is insensitive in a lot of ways, you know, but, you know, if I, that's, I'm using that as an example. Of so, like, yeah. Sometimes you got to take a step back and you have to speak about things discompassionately. Right, right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Um, or, or dispassionately, I should right. say. Right. Um, yeah, for for that. So when people don't know what the fuck is going on with guns, like you don't know how to use any tool, mm-hmm. you're going to misuse it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So there was someone that told me a story at work a couple of years ago now. And they were telling me about how they knew a friend that they went to high school with. It was a girl. And this girl, uh, I guess once lived or was with friends of these two guys mm-hmm. and when she left that house or left that group of friends she started hanging out with this other group of friends and these group of friends were trying to make some cash they were trying to get some quick cash and she was like listen i know a place where we can go and we can like rob these people or more so like you guys can rob these people and like come up pretty quickly and so these kids that were very very young like between the ages like 
like they were like 16, 17 years old, mm-hmm. got their guns together and then went over to these people's house. And then they, because they're afraid, because they don't know, because they're kids and they don't know how to fucking use guns, mm-hmm. they're not trained at all. Mm-hmm. As soon as anything goes out of the plan, you, you just fuck it. Pow! You yeah, just fucking yeah, pull yep, a trigger because yep. you're scared. You're yep. terrified with a gun in your hand. Mm-hmm. And so one of the guys in the house that they went to rob was shot and killed. And the other one was shot and he was blinded. Mm-hmm. And then I'm having a conversation with fucking Val Marie. Turns out these are her cousins. Oh, no. One that got killed and the other one that got blinded. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah. what a crazy series of events. Yeah. Like, so when I met her, like, this was kind of something that was going on in her life. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, when it's close to home, you hear those stories, you just think, yeah, just the kids. Yep. People that are just not educated mm-hmm. at all mm-hmm. on what this thing is. And, again, that goes for any, that goes for any set of tools, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. like, what are you doing with it? What is your intention? Yeah. You know, it's a, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Man. It's, it's tough, dude. It's but ultimately tough. it is the mental health. It's a huge mental yeah. health issue yeah. more yeah. than anything. People are sad, angry, frustra- frustrated. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. Like just frustrated with things, feeling like things aren't going their way or just life sucks. People suck. None of this is worth anything. And then and it's very easy to get a gun. Yeah. Yep. And then they go off and they you know, fuck around and shoot some people or shoot up a school or something like that. Like on it's something I felt like was just like a very cool line on Kendrick's last album. It was a uh, rich spirit. He like starts the song off with just like taking my baby to school. Then I pray for. And like that's the very that's the opening line. It's yep. like, whoa, yep. that's a wild opening line. I yep. take my baby to school. Then I pray for yep. like you yep. got to take your child to school and then just pray, just hoping like. Please come home today. Yeah. yeah. It's a wild line to start a song off with, but it's also fucking it's reality. True. Yep. 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 Like how many people send their kid off to school, you know, or or like the worst thing is like your kid was bugging the fuck out of you that morning and you said some dumb shit. Get the fucking, uh, get in the car. I, 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 I don't have time for this shit right now. You know, I have to drop you and your sister off and then I have to go do that. Like get in the car. Like I don't have time for this. Yeah, yeah. And then they go off to school. <clears throat> And then there's a shooting. Yep. And you're yes, just like, dude. oh my oh, God. Yep. Yeah. That's, that's horrible to think about. And it's <sighs> so like on that topic, I, I'm very big about, you know, like kissing my wife, you know, before mm. going to bed or like, you know, like whenever, whenever we like are departing from one another, you know, this and the same thing with my mom too, you know, like, cause I don't know if any of us are going to have like a heart attack in our sleep or like get hit by a car or anything like that. So like, that that hits very close to home because I have those those fears um, in my head of like something like that happening, you know, just just out of bad luck, you know, dude. And, and it <clears throat> sounds for people that have no tragedies ever around them ever just at the time have not experienced it to date in their life. What you're saying sounds extreme. Yeah. Oh, get hit yeah. by a car, have a heart attack in the middle Dude. of the night. Like, oh, what do you what do you talk? So you kiss your wife because you don't know, like tomorrow's going to come. We'll be fine until it doesn't. Yep. Until yep. you're not fine. Yep. I had a friend recently that had a friend that worked for him. 
that friend got in a small car accident. And when he was on the phone with him, like, yo, how are you? How are you doing? He was like, ah, you know, I got like this, like my ribs seemed kind of hurt. You know what I mean? He's like, but I'm fine. He was like, you should probably go to the hospital. He's like, it's just like a small bruising. Like, it's fine. And then he was supposed to come to work the next day. The motherfucker did not show up. Yeah. He was dead. Yeah, see. And it was like he had, like that rib had broken and punctured some organ and he was slowly bleeding out and did not know it. Mm Mm-hmm. And he just didn't show up to work. And I used to see that guy at work all the time. And then they were just like, oh, he's not here today. Oh, he died in his sleep. Yeah. It's like, I was just on the phone with him seven hours ago. What are you talking? Yeah. He sounded fine. He's gone. Yeah. Happens all the time. It's very, very fucking crazy. I talked to Mikey about that um, when it came to this past winter where she was just very cold outside, I guess. And there were people out shoveling snow and people were just people were dying in their cars. People were dying, shoveling snow. Just imagine. Mm-hmm. Hey, honey, I'm going to go out and shovel the snow. I'm going to be back in. Get, get the hot cocoa ready. I'm going to be back in about 30 minutes. And then 40 minutes past, she's like, damn, the hot cocoa ready. Like, what's going on? And then you walk outside and you see him just laid out in the snow. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Is, yep. You came out here to shovel snow. What? 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 Yeah. Yeah. You don't know, dude. You don't know. You just don't. You don't know. Something similar. Uh, so I'm, I'm sure a lot of our friends are, they may not be very happy with me saying this, but coach Mike, what happened with him? Oh, right. That scared the hell out of me when, uh, when, when Mikey told me that, yeah. When Mikey told me that, thank goodness. Like he's, you know, as far as I know, he's back to tip top shape, you know, but yeah, that was, I, I, I went over there and I was like, you okay? You like you you all right? Everything okay? You know, like things like that. You know, he yeah. I pulled up to the hospital like right after it happened. Yep. Yeah, it was it was very it's very interesting. Like right those those heart attacks or whatever those irregular heart palpitations, whatever's going on. I got a friend like that now. Every time I I used to work with him, I don't anymore. But every time I see him at the gym or now not anymore because I moved, so I don't go to that gym. But when I was, I would see him every often. So often, and I would talk to him, like, hey, how are things going? How's your health? Whatever. Because I'd be asking people about their health and shit when I talk to him. Yeah. We're not young like, anymore. You know what I'm saying? And he's like, well, you know, for the most part, I'm good. Like, he's jacked. He's constantly working out. Like, he's he's trying to lift super heavy weight. And he's like, but, you know, sometimes I'll get up from lifting, from bench pressing, whatever, like my max. And... I'll go dizzy for a little while and then maybe it goes black and I just have to like sit down or something like that. And my heart will like skip a few beats every, you know, few days or something like that. And I've gone to my doctor and he says, I got to stop drinking caffeine so much Mm -hmm. and I have to start getting better sleep. And I'm like, what's your sleep looking like? Because I talk to people about sleep often because I'm I love sleep. I don't give it up for nothing. I don't give a fuck about the fear of missing out because the fear of missing out never made any sense to me because you're like, you're always missing out. So that just means that you're just in a constant state of fear of missing something. It's like, no matter what decision you make, Mm -hmm. you missed out on the other decision Mm -hmm. or the various decisions you could have made. Like it's to me, it's sort of like a, a completely irrational fear the fear of missing out. Like you're always, every human being always is missing out on something. It's just, you can't be dialed into everything. So, like, what do you want to do with your life and just be happy doing that fucking thing? Yeah. Um, so I take my bitch ass to sleep uh, often early. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love, you know, I wake up and I feel so fucking refreshed mm-hmm. and just 
ready to go. And I usually stretch before I go to sleep and I meditate when I wake up first thing in the morning while my head's nice and clear and I get up and I just I'm ready to fucking go. So when I get to work, I'm not those people dragging ass like, oh, don't talk to me until I have my third cup of coffee. Like, oh. it's like, no, I'm uh, I'm up. I'm my body. I'm ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's not like that for everyone. So I'm like, well, what's your sleep schedule like? He's like, ah, on average, like three to four hours. Oh, I'm like, no. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Oh no, oh no. Ooh, on average, yeah. Yeah. Not like you wanted to go out and party with your friends like one of the days out of the week, like on average three to four. I'm like, how do you how are you living? Because, dude, that's how are you in here lifting weights? What are you talking about? But people acclimate to that lifestyle of Mm -hmm. getting three to four hours of sleep. They wouldn't know what to do if they got eight hours. They that's so crazy that people live like that. Three to four hours. I imagine like your brain can't be working nearly at the capacity that it could. Your organs aren't like what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, Sleep it's is, so crazy it's, to me. It's for your brain, man. It's for that is it for is. your brain. It's not. It's, yeah, it's for your body, but yeah, your brain. Oh, dude, drinking water. Yeah, 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 dude. Yeah, that's another thing too. Like you know what what you're consuming. Like I used to do pre workout like that, like which is all all that caffeine. I I did that. All that sugar. All that sugar, dude. And I'm I'm not a sugar. I like I I don't like sugar like that. Like I'll eat like salty foods instead, which is still not any not better, not much better than than the sugary stuff. But I was doing pre workout like that for maybe like a year, and then my heart started doing this, and I was like, no, nope, 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 nope. I'm good. It just scared you, right? You were like, yeah, yep. nope. I'm all right. Yep. Nope. I'll do I'll do coffee, and that's fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I'm not going to do any of the rest of that stuff. And yeah, that pre workout's crazy. It's but, man, it, but man. it would turn you into Superman in the gym, though. Oh, dude, there's nothing like it. I the first time I ever took that stuff, my eyes were like, <laughs> just like, and I I like in between in between sets, I'd just be like bouncing around, like doing jumping jacks and all that sort of stuff. You don't like, want to like, stop yeah. moving. You yep. ever seen those fucking any videos of babies trying? anything sugary for the very first time like having ice cream cone or something they're the best videos of all time i love baby videos videos of babies eating ice cream for the first time are the best you see their fucking eyes widen and light up and they just fucking grab the ice cream and try to it's like you see a crack at it for like the very first time in your life like sugar rush like oh what is this i need more of this it's fucking crazy. Pre-workout. Yeah. No, no I'm good. This man, my, I've never rode the time that I rode when Mikey gave me this this pre-workout that I think Luck was uh, was advertising or, you know, behind at one point in time. And that shit was like gunpowder. First of all, it didn't taste all sugary. It, that shit tasted like you were just drinking coal. Yep. Yep. And yep. And you felt like you were fucking a train Mm -hmm. just moving after that. Mm -hmm. And I was just in the zone, just rowing, rowing, rowing. I never rode that time ever again on average. I rode like 500 meter average for like six intervals, like a minute and 45 seconds was my average. Just rowing the fuck out of that. Now on average, I'm like, I'm like 10 seconds behind that level. But you would just move like. It's crazy, and you would see the results, but it, but that shit, you can't just, you can't live like that. It's not sustainable. You it's can't not sustainable. live like that. It's not sustainable, man. But yeah, no, I, speaking of that, speaking of working out um, and being sustainable, I used to be all about, like, you know, picking the weight up and putting it down, and that's not the case anymore. Um, 
it's now about like actual movement, mm-hmm. right? And like, mm-hmm. like, like think of like farmer's walks and think of like the farmer strength. Dude, there was one time you were probably with us. We went to the pub one time. This was years ago. And Tony and I, like we're like behind like the rest of our pack, right? Like it was probably like Duty, Mikey, RJ, you, whoever else. And uh, there are these two like good old boys sitting at a table, and they they look at they look at Tony and I. They look at Tony first and like, hey man, come over here. And uh, they're like, why don't you arm wrestle my buddy here? <laughs> uh, the bar shit is so funny. It's so funny, dude. But but uh, Tony was like, nah, man, I'm good. And me being like. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah, I'll arm wrestle because, like, you know, had a beer gut and you know, like, had straw hanging out of his mouth and everything like that. You know, like skinny and all this sort of stuff. And I said, Oh yeah, sure, I'll do it. And so, you know, we arm wrestle and like, boom, he like knocks my hand onto the table, and I'm like, damn. And I was like, okay, one more time, one more time, like, do it. And we yeah, do I wasn't it ready. I didn't get my elbow yeah, exactly. wasn't set right. Hold exactly, on. exactly. And uh, he was like, he beat me again, and, and uh, his buddy was like, see, you guys go lift that weight. He's out in the out in the field all day long, you know, like mm. you know, picking up bales of hay and like working with animals and stuff. That's the kind of strength that you need. And I was like, like in my face, I was like, wow, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah. But that's what we're doing now is like more more of that type of stuff. Where like you're using like you're you're being more mobile with your body, and it's like one instead of just like just yeah, pitching, you yeah, know just I mean? trying to push the heaviest possible yeah. weight that you can. No, yeah. I've I've definitely I've talked about that on here before as well. Is Range of mobility mm-hmm. and stuff, right? So lowering the weight, if that gives you more range of mobility, because ultimately, yeah, you you want to be strong as you get older, but you want to fucking continue to move yep. your body yep. Yep. and have full range of mobility when yep. you do that. Instead of trying to scratch your back and you can't. Oh, you yeah, know? it's crazy. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. When those simple things start to become hard, that's terrible. I had her name was Courtney Sholin. Um, I believe Sholin or Sholian. I kind of forget how you say her last name Uh, on the podcast. And she has been working diligently for years to become a physical therapist. She's now like Mm -hmm. at that stage and she wants to just work with the elderly because you don't realize what happens if you don't continue to just lift your arms above your head, Mm -hmm. right? And extend once you stop doing that as much, you're going to go at some point in time to reach for a box of cereal on top of the refrigerator and your arm's not going to go up there and you're going to be like, what, what the fuck? Is, I'm just yeah. trying to get a box of cereal. Yeah. Why is my arm not getting up there? Yeah. And that's, I think those are those moments just like you had <laughs> where your fucking heart started beating fast, whatever irregular palpitations you were having. You were like, nope, yeah, okay, I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like when you, I often think about this with very, very, fat ass people i often think now this is something that makes people uncomfortable right the the whole idea about people being fat in a body positivity type of encourage you know type Mm -hmm. of uh, environment that we live in but when you get big as hell and things start becoming more difficult i wonder when it i mean i'm certain this everyone's uh I guess I should say threshold for pain is different, mm-hmm. right? Like you have a bunch of tattoos. Clearly getting tattoos doesn't hurt enough for you to say, I'm done getting tattoos. Mm-hmm. Some people will, you'll hear stories from tattoo artists where somebody came in there and they're just like, ah! 
<laughs> or they just or they pass out they start crying there's all sorts of different things which is why people which is why when you go get a tattoo often from a real shop they'll give you a sheet of paper you got to sign and there's something in there like don't show up here on alcohol where your fucking blood is thin as hell or you're on drugs. Like, don't do any of that sort of stuff that you feel like is going to mitigate the pain. Like, just yep. just come in here and fucking get the cat tattoo if you want the tattoo. Yep. Can't try to do those things. Yep. Um, so in that same vein, if people just have different just pain tolerances yeah. and things. They're just willing yep. to tolerate more things than other people. Yeah. If I started to realize that there were certain things that were just difficult, like I tried, like I got out of the bed on Tuesday and it was cool. And then like Wednesday or Thursday came around and I tried to get out of the bed and I had a need to get a little bit more oomph <laughs> to get out. Like I had to generate a bit more momentum. I would log that information. I'd be like, damn, like that was a little weird. Like trying to get out of that seat. How or try, can I like, make that better? Yeah. Like why did I have to like rock out of there? Like why couldn't I just... Put get a firm foundation with my legs and like push myself off of the the seat. But I have to assume that for these people in my six hundred pound life or whatever the fuck it is you find, there was a time when they were getting out of bed doing things for themselves. Yeah. And then slowly but surely they they were having harder times getting out of bed. And then there was a day where they couldn't get out of bed. And then everyone just started bringing them fucking brisket and candy and shit like that, and just started bringing it to them because they couldn't anymore. Mm-hmm. That's fucking crazy. Yeah, like yeah. you have to be conscious of what you can and cannot do, what like you what you could easily do at some point in time and what you can't. Now like that would startle me. Yeah. It would startle me enough to be like, "Oh, we got to go the other way." Like I I've clearly slept on this part of my life, this aspect of my life for too long. I've been too negligent. Because now I can't do X, Y, and Z, and I used to be able to do a fucking backflip with no issues. Yeah. Now I'm not saying that you're just going to be 80 doing backflips, but you know, you know, yeah. you see what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So yeah, that's fucking that's tough, man. That maintaining is very, very. I used to try to like lift a ton of weight back in my you know shirtless picture days, but fuck that. I'm tr- I'm trying to strengthen my cardio, yeah. making sure that yes. I can I can move. Yes. I I want to make sure that I can. If I'm hanging off of something for dear life, I can pull myself up yep. and save yep. myself yep. if no one's around to do it. If somebody's trying to eat you. I want to be able yeah. to run away from yeah. that pack of yeah. cannibals, yeah. right? Yeah. I want to be able to make sure that I can jump a fence yeah. if for whatever reason I'm being chased by people. Yeah. I was talking to Keon the other day about the time RJ Henry and I got jumped outside of a party. It was like junior year of high school. We were at Gemma's house. It was, it was a big party. And it was awesome. That's actually where I met Samina, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, my little senior sweetheart uh, that I treated like shit, right? And sorry about that. <laughs> and, and so it's like that night, the party let out. It was a great party. I remember dancing, people, you know, it was the greatest thing in the world back when you could get some twerk, you know what I mean? You got some ass on you. You felt great about yourself. You and your friends had a great time shooting the shit in there, whatever. The Gene DJs. Marks on the walls. Yeah, Gene Marks all over the walls. Somebody's mom's going to be real upset about the way this basement <laughs> looks after all of us nasty ass sweaty kids get out of here. Mm-hmm. DJ's cool. Fun time. We get outside and... There was always a fight. Yeah. There was always a fight that took place. And in this particular day, RJ was like, 
guys, let's wait around for the fight. Like, let's see like where, who, what, what happens. Like, you know, there's going to be a fight. Enough people are out here. Someone's going to fight. Little did he know that was going to be us. <laughs> when the guy got out of the car, because some dude like pulled up, I started seeing some unsavory looks from people. And I was like, I feel like, like something's about to happen, right? Mm-hmm. And this guy walks around the whole crowd of people and slowly creeps up behind me and swings as hard as he possibly can, hits me in my neck. I'm certain he was going for the jaw to try to like knock me out or hit, you know, put me on the ground. But he miscalculated, hit me in the neck. And when I tell you he hit me in the neck and I used the force as momentum to start running. <laughs> I like that's exactly what happened. Like he hit me in the neck and I moved to the left and I started running immediately. <laughs> and people tell me, I don't know, because I didn't wasn't looking back. But people tell me that there were people behind me, athletic people, by the way, that were chasing me down and they did not catch me that night. Yep. I was hitting cuts. I was moving. Mm-hmm. I never have had the form mm-hmm. of running that I had that night. Mm-hmm. I mean, my knees were getting high. I was mm-hmm. everything that a track star does to propel themselves mm-hmm. that's what i was doing mm-hmm. i was fucking i was moving i was hauling ass mm-hmm. through summer lake that night and yeah. good thing dude i and because there were like 14 of them that were trying to jump us it was there was a lot and so my friends got a lot of the worst of it you know yep. what i mean yep. they took they pulled the short end of the stick on that one and i got the fuck out of there and then just to realize that they were being jumped because i didn't know that i got punched in my fucking neck and I took off. Yep. I had no idea the the gravity, the gravitas of what was yep. taking place at the moment. Yep. Um, but I was able to move. Yep. And if I get punched in my neck today, I'd like to be able to move yep. <laughs> just yep. the same. Yep. High knees. High knees. High knees and everything. Yeah, I'm not I'm not fighting seven of you. Nope. Nope. Absolutely not. <laughs> I'm not doing that. It's funny you said <laughs> through Sumner Lake. That's exactly where I envisioned all of this happening. I was like <laughs> had had the layout of Sumner Lake in my mind of like Okay, I, I know this house is here. All these houses are here. There's a fence here. That's the thing. They don't. They don't know that territory like I did. I was moving. Yep. Yeah, yep. I got the fuck out of there. But you want to make sure that you have. You don't want to be debilitated. You want to yeah. try your best to be able to to move and do these things. So a lot of my workouts now are much lighter weight, mm-hmm. a lot of body weight stuff, mm-hmm. but just full range of motion. Um, instability as I'm moving things. Yep. Like I just want like proper control yep. as I'm doing every single exercise, best form possible. Yep. Yep. That's where my mind is at now because we're fucking older. 1000% dude. We're fucking older. Yep. Yep. You know, 1000% man. Yeah. I used to be able, no way in hell now, no way. But like, I used to be able to like lift my leg up and kick, you know, from, right. from, from Taekwondo and all right. that sort of stuff. And like used to be able to do the backflips and all that sort of stuff. There's no way now. Like I'm like 50 or 60 pounds heavier now. I was definitely like, never doing a backflip, but I probably could have had I trained myself to do one. High knees. Yeah. Oh, that's all it's about. <laughs> Just jumping high knees, tucking the knees. Yeah, you're very true. Very true. I, I'm I'm long though. I don't know if that would have been a hindrance or a help. Just higher. Yeah, just got to jump higher. Wouldn't be able to do it inside here, you know, it's outside just, for you. It's just for wild, sure. just even learning to do a backflip. Like, how do you know? Because you used to do backflips. Mm-hmm. How did you start doing backflips? Like, with, just on mats and stuff? With a belt. 
So like my, my way was very unorthodox. Like I'm not, I'm not a gymnast and I didn't learn the gymnast way, but like I had to do it for like demonstrations and stuff. Just the flashy stuff that has no practicality to it, but just <laughs> doing a backflip in the middle of a fight is fucking hilarious. It's so funny. Like this stuff you see in movies that <laughs> probably happens like once every thousand of thousand years. Right. You know? But um, no, I learned with the belt tied around me with like the long end of the belt being held by like my coach and he would have like one arm like this and be like, okay, I got you. I need you to like jump and tuck. Okay. High knees, jump as high as you can and just flip. Yeah. Okay. So a couple of times I fell on my neck, thought I broke my neck, you know, but you oh, know, that's, God. Yeah, yeah, but, but you get back up and get slapped around a little bit and then eventually Bruh, as you know, an instructor watching a child just fall on his neck it's, mm-hmm. it's crazy to have the gumption to just say all right let's get up and try it again mm-hmm. like what the fuck mom and dad were never there what sort of liability <laughs> d- is the place the establishment beholden to if you do in fact break your neck um i i mean i don't know the logistics there yeah do you sign that away is there like a waiver at the very beginning it's like he may break his neck but that will be on y'all if he does it's understood it's understood oh it's it's one of those handshake deals yeah it's one of the yeah make it hurt make it knocked out more than once right but you got to deal with it um it was one of those types of things but um yeah no i mean that's how i learned yeah it's Um, fucking martial arts i guess you gotta yeah, yeah yeah You sign like these, these, these things, like these contracts that say, you know, like your, your kid's going to get hurt, you know, but uh, don't even get me started on that. Like mm. how nowadays, like there, that, that stuff would not fly, you know, and like as a former martial artist who used to teach and get upset with how often they were handing out belts to, to the kids just mm. because it was all about money. The, 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 the owners of these establishments would be like, it doesn't matter if they know the form or not, you know, if their kicks are horrible, just get, just pass them. Like, no, this is bad. This is really bad. Like, they're, they're, they don't know this stuff. They're going to get their asses handed to them in real life. Like, but it was all about money. It's all about money. That stuff would not fly these days. Um, these days, talking like we're in our 50s or whatever. But even, even like 20 years ago, yeah, it was way, way different. But um, yeah, just a little under the table type of deal. Like, you know, it's understood your kid's going to get hurt. He's going to get hurt and you, you got to be okay with it. You know, if you want him to become anything that's, that's worth speaking about. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Damn. Fun times. Yeah. Fun times, man. But either way, everybody listening, mobility, mobility, number one, mobility. Yeah. yeah. I stretch a ton yeah. for that. Important. Very yeah. important. Especially uh, like stretching your joints. So I stretch for long periods of time. Mm-hmm. Like my stretches are anywhere between for just like any one stretch between two and five minutes, just hold, sit, melt into it. Just and it's just it's so it's so nice. It's good. And you do yoga. Yeah. yeah That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. And like that so talking about the differences between males and females, you know, like males tend to gravitate towards picking up the weights because it's the more mainly. Pull that a little bit closer with you. Sorry. No, you're good. It's more about a. And you warned me about this too. Shame on me. It happens, man. This is pod number one for you. Yeah. Um. Sorry, guys. Um. But uh, like males tend to want to lift weights more because that's more the manly thing, right? That's what you're supposed to do. Versus stretching. Versus like you know cardio. Of course, like males and females like to do their their running and cardio and stuff like that. But the older you get, the more 
it's supposed to be switched, right? Mm, like females uh, need to be doing more like of the weightlifting to more like, like keep resistance training. Right, exactly. And like males should be doing more of the yoga stretching, but right. they don't want to do that kind of stuff typically, right? Typically, yeah. So that's great that you're doing that. I don't do yoga. I need to. I want to. My wife does and she wants me to go to classes with her. And <laughs> I need to. Um, I don't do the flow classes so much anymore. That's probably yeah. what she's asking you to do. Yeah. You go through, you see people doing the downward dog yep. and going up yep. and all this sort of shit. Yep. That's, I mean, that's still, that's good as well. And it has its, its place. I just found that my love is more so yin yoga, which yeah. is like restorative yoga, mm-hmm. I think is another term for it. But it's, it's just that stuff for just long, long holds for your muscles. Yep. And because then that's when you get into the joint. Yep. That's when you start stretching the joint. So yep. that's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's why it's a it's a real prescription. I couldn't imagine moving around. You know, I'm so I supervise a restaurant in a resort now. And just the amount of movement, the amount of steps that I have every day, like it, I see people get broken down all the time just doing this job where you're moving constantly, Mm -hmm. lifting stuff up, moving constantly. And people don't do those things, and then they're constantly calling out because their knees bad, their ankles bumming them out, their their back is fucking broken. They're in the hospital. It's just like time and time again, you see all the cautionary tales laid out right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I'm like, not me. Yep. Yep. Not not for a job. Yep. Not for this job. Am I? No. 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 Yep. No. 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 Yep. I'm, I'm gonna take my time. So my day is off. I mean, I'm definitely in the gym, but I'm restoring my body yeah, like good, that i'm taking good. a lot of time restoring my body whether that be like today i simply went to the gym didn't lift not one fucking weight all i did for about 40 minutes was sit in a 185 degree sauna yep. for like seven minutes the sauna go then get up get out go to the shower ice cold water right and just fucking zap myself just shock myself yep. back Go back in the sauna and just in and out, in and out and doing that back just clears your mind. You're fucking awake. Dopamine levels are rising with the the cold water and all of that. And it's just it's great. You you feel like you're just sweating out a bunch of bullshit. Like sweating is so good. To, it's a relieving mm-hmm. feeling. I've talked mm-hmm. about it like taking a piss. Mm-hmm. Like when you pee where where you're supposed to pee. It feels great. Like mm-hmm. you ha- really have to take a piss and you go to the bathroom and you pee. It's great. Yeah. Right. You're in the woods. You're fucking hiking. You got to take a piss. You're peeing feels great. Mm-hmm. If you're giving a lecture or you're reading a paper in front of a classroom of people and you piss yourself, not so great. <laughs> right. I think it's the same thing with sweating. If you're somewhere and you don't want to be sweating, you shouldn't be sweating there. Yeah. Sweating through your clothes is the most inconvenient thing ever. But if there was a place that existed where you could just go and just sweat freely, it feels fucking great. And that is the sauna. Yep. So I go there and I just sweat and it just feels so relieving. It feels yep. so damn good. Yep. So I do that often. Awesome. Um, sensory deprivation tanks are really, really nice. I've never done that like, before. Like float tanks. Yeah. I've, I've wanted to do that. I haven't done that. And similarly, cold plunges. Mm. Have you ever done one? I haven't done a cold plunge. I want to do that too. I've never done that. I I hear a lot of good things come yeah. of that. You know, like the, the cold showers just aren't the same. You no. get you get used to it too quickly. Like if you do it three four days in a row, by by day five six, like it so you slowly acclimate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so you mm-hmm. need that cold plunge. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about the uh, the 
deprivation tank. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. People call them sensory deprivation tanks, but more so, I think that because <laughs> you know a lot of things are about marketing, and I think saying to someone, "Come jump in our sensory deprivation tank," like, oh, what the fuck? Is-? No, no, mm-hmm. I don't want my senses deprived. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Float tanks okay. are what people call them. So you can type in float tanks, and you'll see that more so advertised. It's it's so nice. It's just water filled with salt. So you just naturally float. You don't have to do any work, even though when you first get in there, you're going to try to because you've never just sat in water and just naturally floated. So you're like you just realize how much your muscles are tense. Mm -hmm. Right. Because you're constant like your muscles are always working or engaged in some way, whether you're sitting in a seat or you're laying in bed going to sleep like your muscles are they're doing something. Mm -hmm. There's something going on. But to float, right, just to be completely taken care of and you just float, your muscles disengage for the first time. Mm -hmm. They completely disengage when you get comfortable enough to just let your body float. And with now in these float tanks, they will always give you an option to play music in there or to have some LED lights in there if you want, if you're claustrophobic you can always crack open the pod right so you're not just in an enclosed thing i personally like to close the whole fucking thing turn the music off turn the lights off like deprive it all mm-hmm. your body gets this rest it's it's the best bed you could imagine mm-hmm. like your 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 muscles relax mm-hmm. and it for me stimulates my mind yep. in a way because now it's ju- it's just you and your mind. Yep. So for a lot of people that's also very scary because a lot of people do not like to be alone with their own thoughts for too long. Yep. It gets shaky for a lot of people. Yep. But if you're into meditation or just being alone spending time with you and your thoughts, it's an amazing place to do that. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just so revitalizing. It's it's so relaxing you would have never thought that just they say that there's like five times the amount of salt than the Black Sea, if that means anything to you. Um, but it just in these things, there's five in, in, times more in that float. Tank. Yes, okay. yeah, uh, and it's so I don't know exactly how much fucking salt that you know they pour into these things, but it's great. Nice filtration system. There's usually maybe something else wellness geared in there. Like I went to one that had an uh, like an infrared sauna you could go into afterwards, so that was really nice. But it just it just feels fucking great. You just you just sit and you you lay in there. And I know this doesn't seem like the best, uh, uh, I guess, um, sort of promotion for it, because I'm not really saying much of anything. You just kind of have to check it out. Yeah. You just kind of have to check it out yourself. It's very, very interesting. So I've been like three or four times now. And every time I'm like, whoa. I can't believe I don't do this more. Like I got, how can I, how can I get one of these? But these, yeah. but they're expensive. They're like thousands of dollars to try to get one of those things. And I can only imagine the maintenance and all that yeah. sort of shit. Yeah. I am looking into an indoor sauna though. Nice. I'm, I'm going nice. to pull the trigger on that for sure. Nice dude. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. They only get the ones I've seen on Amazon to like 130 degrees or so. But I'm thinking that if it's enclosed, it's a much more confined space that it'll work. It'll work well. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm usually in like a hundred eighty degree fucking mm-hmm. sauna, but mm-hmm. I think if you're in an enclosed space, the door's not opening constantly when guys are coming in and out of it. You also don't have to deal with 
people coming in the sauna complete have just zero social etiquette they're turning on the light if you're in there they're playing music on their phones they're having conversations yeah. with their buddies like, and yeah. now i usually go in there with headphones and i'm listening to classical music or something like that and mm-hmm. just like sort of meditating uh, so that stuff doesn't really bother me too much but if you were trying to get away from that i think that a 300 dollar, 400 dollar sauna would be a really really sure. good investment sure. yeah. but yeah you should definitely try the float tank okay good I would, deal i would definitely Recommend that you do that. I love that. Yeah. Love so that. that so that's what I'm on. Range of mobility, I, massages. Yes. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, dude. Oh, they're so good. Like when they find a knot <laughs> somewhere in your fucking shoulders, or you know, getting closer to your neck or somewhere, and they find that shit and they just stay there. They put an elbow on that bitch, or maybe. You're at a, a massage parlor where they have the bars overhead and it's some little Chinese woman and she can stand up on your back and just start moving around and she jumped. Oh, my gosh. And they're so good. They're so technical about where they put their their toes and they press a pride pressure and crack your back and all these different things. Oh, my gosh. It's so damn good. They just that. keep working those knots and keep working them. Oh, yeah. It's all so good. Yeah. It's all so good. And these yeah. are all, to me, conscious decisions that I make in terms of how am I going to be the best Earl? Yeah. Like, how can yeah. I be the best me? Yep. Um, yep. Because I'm not, I'm not too big-headed to think that I, I have to make conscious decisions to make sure that I'm in the best headspace possible. Like, you can't just float through life thinking that you are not an amalgam of all different sorts of factors and circumstances mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. And I tell people all the time, I've probably said this on here ad nauseum, that when I first started stretching and really started taking it seriously, I got rid of stress in my body that I didn't even know was there. Yep. Just tension yep. I did not know was there. And I often remark on this noticeable difference of me becoming a much more pleasant human being to be around. Dude, self-care is ridiculously important. And that's not something that I really took. I took it for granted, like for the longest time. And my, you know, Kelly's really into self-care, you know, like something, is, something is simple. I mean, she gets massages like crazy. Oh, yeah. She, she was, she was in a, in a really bad car accident years ago. So her neck and like her, her like, trap area upper back is like jacked up from that still so she'll go to the chiropractor a lot go get massages a lot but even like like simple things going to get her nails done you mm-hmm. know and like getting her hair cut like you know she loves doing that kind of i i love to get my hair cut i love going to the barber getting my hair cut. i love a good mani petty yeah you heard it here first i <laughs> love it i love soaking my feet you know, she didn't do it for me. Like yep, she soaked yep, my feet yep. and, and buff my toes and all sorts of shit like that. We throw a mask on there, like a skin peeling mask that peels the skin for the next two weeks. Yep. And you just see all this yep. dead skin go and your smooth feet are smooth as hell. It's, yep. it's great. Your shoes are more comfortable. Yep. All this it's weird. Yep. But it's important. It's so important. And like it's it's good for your body, of course, but it's good for up here. Right. You know, because like you're you're knowingly taking care of yourself. You're doing something that's like it feels good. It's good for you in the long run, you know, and if you continue with it, then it's going to like, like you said, like being the best Earl, Yeah, you know, like it makes you a better person in like more ways than one. When you're just dealing with chronic pain, you're just not the best you because you have that in the back of your mind always like that, that fucking 
throbbing pain in my lower back or my mm-hmm. hips or whatever the fuck it, it's there or your maybe your feet you're on your feet all the time and you don't get foot massages i have this little i believe they call it like an ergonomic little foam roller thing it's like a little rubber cylindrical type of thing that just can fit in my hand it has a button it starts to fucking vibrate mm-hmm. and there are all these little rubber protrusions that come out of it and I just sit there and I just put my weight on it and just ro- just roll yep. my feet on it and get some bu- blood flow going. And yep. it feels amazing. Your yep. feet are so important. Yeah. And people just don't be caring about that shit. And it's absolutely wild because when you get a really good foot massage, you feel so yeah. different. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. You just be- you become a better person when you are dealing with less pain. Mm-hmm. You know, when you you were talking about the kids earlier these days that just don't have to work as much. They're not working in fucking coal mines, yeah. right? They're working at Hollister, yeah. right? Or yeah. whatever. The fuck, or they're not working at all, you yeah. know, whatever the case is. But there, there's, as you said, the modern medicine, the modern nutrition, just the modern interests of yeah. people are just much less labor intensive. Yeah. Yep. Um, but then you also get people laying around a whole lot because yeah. things aren't as labor intensive. So it's like you got to balance this shit. Yeah. It's like you can't just be a workhorse, but you also can't just be lethargic and be some gelatinous piece of shit that's just laying yeah. around all the time, not yeah. exercising your muscles. Mm-hmm. So you have to find that balance. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very, very interesting. Yeah. It's so fucking important. I love it taking is. care of myself. It's so good. Yeah. It's so nice. I'm starting to do that more. Like Kelly surprised me with a, a massage that she like scheduled for me. She was like, by oh, the way, like, you know, nice. I got this scheduled for you. Like, you know, make sure that you don't like drink plenty of water, like, you know, go and take a nap afterwards and all that sort mm. of stuff. Like, you know, take care of yourself, have have a you day. And I was like, wow, like, cause I'm not going to do that myself. Right. I'm starting to more and more, but like, you know, she's, she's got the right idea. She's got the Good right Good woman idea. in your life is great, isn't it? It's great. A good woman is so different than a bad woman in your life. <laughs> like, like the, the, and it's not necessarily even bad woman. It's just bad dynamic, bad, bad match up. Yeah, like you just yeah. picked the wrong person. And I've done that plenty of times. Right. Yeah. And they've done that plenty of times dating me. Yeah. Uh, it's such a, a remarkable difference between someone that really cares for you is willing to work with you like they're cooperative yeah, yeah. they understand the vision you guys have a vision mm-hmm. you speak about mm-hmm. that vision mm-hmm. uh, and they just fucking take care of you in ways that you just didn't before like yeah. they they assess you yeah. and they're like okay this motherfucker's not going to do this thing for himself like let me help him out yep. like let me help him out yep. and i've known people to have the exact opposite partner where their partner is just they're just corrosive yep they're yeah. just they're just wearing that motherfucker down yeah. day yeah. after day, and yeah. I've been in there, and it's just oh, both both oh, sides, oh. both sides, you know, yeah, it's yeah, both yeah, for sure, no, yeah, no matter what gender you are, like yeah, there's just toxic people on both sides, and it just sucks yeah. seeing a friend or family member in that situation, and they don't know really that they're in that situation. Yeah. It's tough because you have to think like in a relationship, okay, like we're gonna try to think about this logically. I'm going into a relationship with a whole other human. Yep. Fuck, like, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm a human. I know all the shit I have going on in my mind, heart, soul, whatever the fuck. It's a lot. It's a, you're mm-hmm. a very complex being, being a human mm-hmm. being, right? Mm-hmm. And then now you're going to try to, like, live with another one? 
You're going to try to attach yourself in some way to another person where they're going to be around you often. You guys have to you got to deal with the days they're not necessarily feeling that great, where they're not feeling super secure with themselves or they're upset about some set of circumstances in the world. It could be work. It could be family issues, whatever the case is. The breadth of what a human being is and what a human being can be is just so vast. And so for you to try to be around for all of those moments, it can be challenging. Yep. Um, that can be very, very challenging. And so you logically would think, okay, there are going to be times where not this person pisses me off mm-hmm. or like, I'm just not really feeling like being around them. Mm-hmm. But I think where the issue lies with people sticking around people, they shouldn't be around for that long is if you think of yourself to be a loyal person, yeah. you might be loyal to a fault. You're like, okay, yeah. well, when am I not supposed to be loyal anymore? Like, what does loyalty look like? Is it, If I leave this person, maybe that's for the better. Maybe it's not. I have to go in knowing that this person has faults because they're human. What is the level of tolerance I have for their specific set of faults? Mm-hmm. Certain things, maybe they're not going to grow out of. Am I okay with those set of things? The other things that I'm not really okay with living with forever. Is it for me to deem it intolerable? Well, yeah, it is because it's me doing the tolerating. So now how comfortable am I telling this person? I think that we may need to work on some things on your end, right? How much is it okay to impress upon someone and try to change some of their ways and like, how do you have those those very real discussions of, well, let's assess this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, should you be doing this thing anymore? Because this thing kind of irks my fucking nerves mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. Do you want to mm-hmm. be that person? Do you think that, that you doing that thing is optimal? You, you know what I mean? It, it gets very interesting because you know that arguments happen. Mm-hmm. But it's like, what's the what's a healthy argument? Yeah. Like, What's a healthy divergence of ideas and, and agreements on things and. How, how do we move through that? And that can be a lot of fucking work for people. But if you're with someone that is not willing to cooperate, they're not willing to see things about themselves that maybe they need to reassess and, and sharpen or just refine. Yeah. That's where the issue is. That's yeah. that. That's the issue for me. Like if you if you're with someone and they're just unwilling to even work with you and see those things. Yeah, you got you got to go. Yeah. Got, but. Fuck, is that a lot of people, man? That's just that's just tough. Yeah. That's just tough. Because they'll yeah, because people will dismiss a good life. People will dismiss it and they will call you naive. Mm -hmm. You can't just do what you want. You can't just have the things that you want, right? Like they're gonna be arguments, people are gonna be shitty to you. You gotta do this, you gotta do that. And so they will dismiss what could possibly be a better life because mm-hmm. you're like, that's not real. Mm-hmm. That's not real. You're being naive. That doesn't exist. This is what it is, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's fucking Eminem and Rihanna talking about, I love the way you lie. Yeah. And we're, we're in this house <laughs> yeah. beating the shit out of each other and screaming at each other and whatever. And, and this is what it is. I had a friend that famously said, Oh, my girl and I, we like to hurt. That's just what it is. We like to hurt each other. That's, that's something that we do inside of this relationship. Because they would fucking argue and say the nastiest of, the nastiest of things to one another. The, 
the female in this relationship, the, the woman, she would often, often enough, because one is too much, but put information about the significant other out on Twitter. Oh, no. You know what I mean? So just wild shit. Just like, oh, like get on that person's Twitter profile because they have their username and password and we just go in on their profile, their significant other's profile and just start tweeting shit like, oh, you know, my mom left me when I was a young person and left me with this void in my heart. So now I run around and cheat on my girlfriend with ugly ass bitches <laughs> like this. And then post a picture of the chick that she thinks he's cheating on her with. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And like, you're just in this relationship. And yep. you think that relationships outside, like, you're being true. Like, they're being real with one another. Yeah. You know, you don't think that there's... People, you know, you you'll date someone and you're just like, man, they're really hot. Mm-hmm. You're real, you're, and that's that's a lot of the issue with people in relationships. You're looking around, you start catching people at the gym. You're like, damn, they're sexy. Mm-hmm. Like, damn, man, what, what, man, maybe, maybe I'd be better off with like, maybe I should try that out. Like, maybe, mm-hmm. but you have no idea how fucking crazy right. and how right. just untethered right. th- these other people are. You're just looking at them. You're just like, she's got a nice ass in those pants. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, you start to forget that you're with a real human being. Yep. You've built something that with. you actually built something with, and your your imagination's going off on what it would be with this hypothetical sexy person, and that's just it, it's a trap. Yep. It's a trap, and unfortunately, it's a trap a lot of people get ensnared in. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, yeah. Fuck. So, congrats <laughs> to you. <laughs> yeah, you're doing you're doing Fact. well. Yeah, doing well. Yes, like you're doing really well. You know. Yeah. So that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, I've done a really good job of. Of uh, just being very intentional with yeah. everything that I'm doing, like okay, what we're having real ass conversations yep. about yep. stuff. Yep, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't do it any other way at this point in my life. We yep. have to have real ass conversations. We have to, we have to say what we feel about stuff. Yeah, we have to say what we feel about stuff. Here's one right here because <laughs> because when she talks to people about some of the conversations we have. Those people's responses are often like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, he said this to you? Like, you guys will speak about these topics? Like, that's crazy. I could never. I could never. Which is sad. sad. So, this is something that's funny. It's not like a huge deal. But I am, or I've been told that I'm a natural storyteller. I love Mm -hmm. telling stories. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of just have this innate understanding of how to get through a story, mm-hmm. like the setup, the buildup, you know, the climax or whatever the, the, the point is, maybe hiding it until the very end to have like some sort of, you know, surprising effect or something like that. Like, I just, I just understand stories. A lot of people don't. Yeah. And so when you're talking to people and they're trying to tell you a story about something and you're just looking at them like this story is absolutely terrible. Yeah. Like you're there's so many things that you're saying that it just should have been left out. But like now we're just sitting here. This like the story is like dragging to the point. Like I can I can yep. tell you how we could chop this up and make this a far more effective and pleasant story to listen to. Mm-hmm. Often there'd be some stories that I'm hearing. I'm just like, yo, babe, <laughs> babe, what? What are you What are you saying right now? Like, let's mm-hmm. like hold on. I I I have a, a very strong sense that this tangent you're on, like, could be left out. Like, that this isn't 
really good. And my little sister's the same way. She'll be telling me a story. And I'm like, Lex, like, her name is Alexis. I call her Lex. I'm like, Lex, this is, this is, uh, this story is fucking, this, all this information is so impertinent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's one of those things. It's not a huge fucking deal, right? It's not like this, this person is cheating on you, right? It's not like that sort of code red type of deal. Right. But it's like something where when you're spending a lot of time around someone, you it's something that comes to the forefront. It's right. something you're presented with and you're like, okay, how how do I Let's work on this? How, <laughs> Let's work on this. Yeah, yeah. Like because maybe you don't get better at becoming a storyteller. Right. Right. But read the we, room. But we do get better at me at, at you realizing that I'm looking at you and maybe the story is dragging on too long. You get more comfortable with me being able to let you know yeah. that like, let's let's get to the point or mm-hmm. something without feeling like you're silencing someone right. and you're not caring about what they have to say because sometimes they don't give a fuck about these tidbits of the story that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's just, mm-hmm. it, again, everything in life, you can get down to this very granular type of deal. But this is what really needs to be talked about when you're in a relationship with someone. Right. Are these very, very specific grains of sand yep. inside of the, the whole fuck that make the sandcastle? It's yep. just like, yep. like, I, like, I know, babe, I know I didn't remember that thing that you told me. I'm going to be honest. Like, when you were telling me that thing, I was kind of bored. Like, you, yep. <laughs> so I kind of dismissed it. Like, fuck, uh, yep. you're right. I should have remembered that thing. And so, there has to be a tolerance yeah. on both sides, yep. you know, yep. and it's it's tough finding that, that that tolerance a lot of the time. Working on getting your feelings hurt, you know, Me or for or, sure, or, or like thereof, you know, like you know, toughening toughening your skin, yeah, you know, and being able to have those types of conversations like that. But also, you know, like back to what you were saying before, like having a a, a mission that you guys are trying to accomplish together, right. like how important that is mm-hmm. and like how you guys want to, you, you want to continue to build this podcast together and like you want to be able to like expand on this and like, you know, what's what's next, okay? So we've reached this goal. What's next after that? That is so important yeah. because so many people, like when they first get together and they first start dating, I mean, like this is the past experiences for me too, you know, like purely based on physical attraction or you know, like we, we shared this one thing for so long, but that thing doesn't exist anymore. Right. So like, you know, the, the comfort is not enough to keep us together anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like what's, what's the next level? What's the, so what after mm-hmm. that? And you start to build these layers on top of one another like that. Yeah. And that comes from communication and working on the thickening of skin so that you don't get your feelings hurt and you can have those very real conversations like that. It's important. Yo, having the conversation with someone my level of attraction towards you has has diminished. Yep. Yep. Right. Like that's a real ass yep. conversation. A yep. lot of people yep. are just what the fuck type of conversation mm-hmm. are, are you willing to have with someone to look mm-hmm. them in the eye and say that this is the case? But mm-hmm. if you are looking for the long haul, we got to have these conversations mm-hmm. like maybe mm-hmm. it maybe it's a me thing. Mm-hmm. And I need to think mm-hmm. about that. Like, why is that the case? Well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about health. Let's talk about why I'm feeling this way. Let's, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's something that you haven't seen in yourself that you would actually mm-hmm. want to refine if someone had told you that. Mm-hmm. That was one of her issues when it came to when when it comes to the body positivity thing. She was big as hell for a long time, right? Um, and no one ever told her. And she was talking to me about this the other day, and it kind of blew my mind because she was big, but 
like men were with her. Like she she had no issues being with men. Um, people told her all the time, like, you're beautiful, constantly, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Like no one ever said, and and by the way, that could be completely true. Like it, if you're looking at someone and you think they're beautiful, then that's what you're gonna tell that person. Mm-hmm. The conversation that was missing was, hey, like, how do you feel about your health? Like, yeah. I, I know that you are constantly having gut problems and you're in pain a lot of the time. Like, do you think maybe that has something to do with your nutrition? Do you want to look at that differently? Like, these are just real conversations to have with someone that yep. is directly linked to that person's quality of life mm-hmm. on a daily basis. And if care and if I want. Yeah, th- that's the thing. There's this thing in uh, like hospitality, your customer service that people go off of often, which is you're dealing with a family. First people to take care of are the children. Make sure the children are happy. If the children are happy, the parents are more happy. Mm -hmm. After the children, make sure the woman Mm -hmm. is happy. Mm -hmm. Happy children, happy woman. That guy's fine. Mm -hmm. The guy is fine. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's the order in which you go through things. If I am to be happy, right, because you do things when you at, when you like get into college, not that I really went, but you go to college and people start getting into their sociology classes and psychology classes that everyone's always so pumped about talking like I went into a sociology class and this this professor allowed everyone to have a discussion about all these di- all these different hard to speak about topics, all these controversial things. And we would just spew all these different ideas out and it opens your mind like people when they like their first, second year of college and they take these classes. It's blowing people's minds because you're hearing people have real discussions around you for the first time. A lot of people. And if you're not having those conversations, like you just you're just missing out, like you don't know that these things are even things to contemplate. Mm-hmm. Um, and. These were just conversations that just were not happening for her when it came to wait. Mm-hmm. And, and I started having conversations with her like, hey, listen, I think like for the long haul, if this is to be done, one, you want to be as healthy as possible to live a healthier life. One of those very, very conventional sociology discussions is going to be, does uh, altruism truly, just in its purest form, exist? Just doing things for other people. And then, you know, you go around and the rigmarole of that conversation always comes back to, well, you're going to feel good doing something for someone else. Mm -hmm. So it's never purely a selfless act. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. there's some Mm -hmm. selfishness in it, Mm -hmm. which is completely fine. Mm -hmm. You want to be incentivized to do nice things for other people. And so a lot of the incentive can be, well, if I'm going to be with them, I want to be happy, right? Yep. Okay, so I want them to be as happy as possible because if they're not, I'm going to have to get the brunt of that. I'm going to be the first person to get it because I'm fucking sleeping in the bed with this person. I'm waking up with them. I'm having dinner with them. Unless I'm just going to start to be that person that just starts taking long drives or I'm just hanging out at the bar, just trying to get away. Then you become that person that's trying to get away from that person. And then that's a whole other discussion, right? That yep. you're having this whole different reality. Yep. I want my partner at any point in time in life to, to get the nutrients, to get the things that they need to feel fulfilled, to mm-hmm. feel happy. I want them to speak. The people that just want to own someone and it's like, you're going to talk to me and me only. Mm-hmm. You're going to go to work, come home, me. You're not going to see no one 
of the sex that you're attracted to. No, you're just going to be attracted to me. You're just going to look at me. You're not going to talk to no other people. It's just me, 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 me. That's a very wild perspective to have. Clearly, that person's very hurt that has that perspective, right? Um, And just unknowing of just how good life could be if they didn't have this tight-ass leash on their significant other. Fuck that. Yep. Go talk to those people. Yep. Go make some friends. Go yep. exercise that sociability, you know, that aspect of community in your life, because that's a huge part of what makes us happy. Yep. We're, we're social beings. Yep. Yep. Um, so I'm not trying to deprive anyone of what makes them happy mm-hmm. so long as it is in the boundaries of rationale and yep. you're not just doing what like you can't just go do crack because crack makes you feel good right, right. like that's right. we, we got to have a real discussion about that too <laughs> right. so yeah fuck that shit i want people to be happy i i but in order to do that you have to have real ass conversations yeah when yeah. you talk yeah. about the like martial arts schools and how they're a lot more lenient. They're giving away belts. Like, you know what? You did terribly, but, you know. You paid. So. Here you are, brown belt. Yeah. Like, yeah. How the fuck did, how did that come about? Yeah. Um, it's, the sa- it's the same exact thing. You just don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, so you're not mm-hmm. going to say anything. And then that person doesn't actually grow. Yep. They think they're progressing, but yep. they're not actually progressing the way that they ought to or the way that they could. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. No. No, 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 no. You're you're just you're like to be to have a significant other and feel like you can't have those truly significant conversations is just that's just wild mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. I have a, a very uh the idea of just not being truthful is is weird to me now. I would never choose to be that person. I would never choose to just omit a ton of information that would clearly bring us together or that would give us a better understanding of who we are in this moment and what it is we're doing here. I'm not I'm not going to do that. Yeah, no, that's absolutely insane. Because then you're just then you're just you're lost. You're lost. And you. It, the worst part is like you're lost and you may not even know it. Yeah. Being lost and not knowing that you and the person that you're with are both lost. Yeah. is fucking crazy. Yeah. That's a scary thought. You're That's super scary scared because you you're you're disoriented. Yeah, like you don't know. You don't know shit from shit. You don't know left from right, up from down, and that's mm-hmm. that's often people. Now this is the, yeah, man. I could I could go on all this all day, so I'm gonna not do that. But I am gonna take a bathroom break. Bathroom break. Let's, ba- yeah, bathroom let's break. Do that. Yeah, let's I definitely gotta take a bathroom break. We can just yeah leave stuff here, let everything run. We own this. Cool. Yeah, we own. this. So how are you feeling about just things in general? Just like your life. Like how are you feeling about where you are, what you got going on? How you feel about it? Yeah, man. No, I uh I'm glad you asked that. Uh Kelly and I Oh look, look at me. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that you asked that because Kelly and I had this conversation a little like just a couple days ago, literally. So knock on wood. Um I'm happy with where we're at right now because back to like our vision that we have like with each other and where we want to go um i feel like we're on we're on a good path for that like her her job is going really well um she's about to start a new clinic um away from like the craziness of having to drive in traffic on 66 and everything like that <sighs> 
which yeah that's that that plays a huge factor in like getting started in the morning and like you know having to sit in behind the wheel of a car and get into the office and you know people are assholes on the road and everything like that that's like little things like that definitely matter but um yeah myself too you know like work is awesome um yeah no it's it's uh it's fun being able to like look back eight years ago when I graduated and what I was doing then and like what I'm doing now. And there's like way different levels mm. now and it's awesome. Um, but like we, we have a, we have a dog now. Right. Um, and, and, and cats and cats, yeah. four cats, um, all black. Yeah. All black cats. Yeah. That was such the, the craziest thing when you, when you told me at that party we were at, you said, that you wanted, well, no, that not only that you had adopted these cats, yeah. mm-hmm. but that you and Kelly have this vision mm-hmm. of having some, I don't know if it's gonna be like a nonprofit or something like that. Yeah, so um, good memory. We want to eventually, and, and, and again, this has to do with like, you know, obviously we can't go and do this right now because, you know, we need money for that. Um, but we're working towards that. Um, but we want to set up a, um, a rescue for black cats because they are treated very badly by mean people. Be, you know, people are superstitious, a black cat, like they think it's bad luck and, and all that sort of stuff. And people like do like sacrificial types of things with these animals. And it's so sad. Is, is a lot of this taking place in the U S like, yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. Like, um, like there are like bad people that will do like ritualistic things with black cats just to like, it's, it's, it's bad. It's, it's really mean. So like you're talking to an animal lover here and especially my wife too, you know, that's her profession. So that's where our passion lies is animals and helping them where we can. Right. Um, to our knowledge, especially in this area, there aren't any like rescues for dedicated to black cats and like trying to promote like Mm. an interest in them. Like if you go and adopt a cat, a black cat is always going to be not always, but like most of the time going to be like the last option just because people are superstitious. They don't take pictures. Well, like, you know, like if you want to take a picture with your cute cat, like if if, a a black cat in like a poorly lit room or whatever is not going to be like very photogenic, oh, right? Like goodness. little silly, stupid wow. things like that. But like they play into a part of like these animals getting adopted and finding homes. So that's where, that's what we want to do. Um, we have a passion for that. Um, so that's going to happen eventually. It's just a, a matter of levels to this stuff. Right. Um, but we also are really into wine talking about being snobs mm. before, right? Like you get it, you become a snob in, in food and all that sort of stuff try wine right and becoming a snob with that which we are not um but we are aspiring snobs if you will okay um we'd love to have our own vineyard at some point and like open a winery yeah um that is like black cat themed you know something Uh, like that that'd be really cool um so those are those are two like business ventures that that we have together that we want to work towards and that's where our vision lies um takes a lot of work and also cidery too um, like ciders, like actually like brewing cider. We yeah. did that. We had a homemaking kit and it went really well. It was, it was pretty cool. But, um, yeah. And we, we took a winemaking class too, just oh, like, shit. like do, doing stuff like that, you know, to like see, like try our hand at these types of things and see how, how well they go. 
are we happy with our product? Do we think other people would be happy with our product? Like, can we experiment with like, it's playing at home chemist, right? Like, you know, playing with all these different flavors and all this sort of stuff and seeing what we can come up with. It's fun. Yeah. If nothing ever comes of it, it's still fun to do that together and to like, you know, just like have a little side hobby of like brewing your own type of thing at home. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm happy with where we're at and with where I'm at, you know, um, Kelly is too. And we want to continue to like build on top of that, you know, like have our day jobs and stuff like that, but eventually be financially independent with having our own businesses, just like go do their thing. Very nice. So what are you doing with your time off? Like, or do you do things with your time off that are a part of these steps or are you just. Yeah. So, so we have, we, we still do on the side, like a little bit of like the, the homebrewing, um, we're members at a couple wineries in the area and like are trying to like work with the winemaker at, at these locations to like learn more and, and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, dude, in our spare time, we're a bunch of nerds. Yeah. Like we have build and puzzle nights. Oh, okay. So like she puzzles like jigsaw puzzles. I build Legos. I freaking love Legos. Um, so like, we'll just like put a movie on, like grab a couple drinks or whatever, and just like go to town. She she puzzles and I build. Yeah. It's fun. Um, <laughs> things like that. That's cool, man. Yeah, dude. It's so that, that whole black cat thing. When you first told it to me, immediately it made sense. Like as soon because I think I hit the punchline before you did. I think as soon as you told me that you wanted to rescue black cats, I was like, oh, of course, of course, people are stupid as shit. Yep. And yep. it's like, wow, they would fucking just neglect and yeah. just malign black cats because mm-hmm. of what they grew up listening to or seeing yeah. on TV yeah. or whatever their parents taught them about it. Like, who who the fuck? This could have been some generational curse that's just been passed down. It's just, yep. And that's just so fucking... That's so crazy to me. It's sad, just, man. It's sad. You know, I was having this conversation... With my lady the other day, she was talking to me about like quinceañeras. Mm-hmm. And I think the conversation we we're having was about like P.O. It was about people of different ages dating in mm-hmm. uh, significant ages, right? Like we're talking about like the younger with the older, like the 16 with the 25 year olds or whatever, like all this sort of stuff. And I made a statement and I was like, yeah, man, I just I know that that is much more prevalent in certain demographics than it is others. And she was like, what do you what do you mean by that? And I was like, well, like, I mean, I have a certain sense that in certain cultures, it's not as maligned to date with a with a, you know, uh, I don't know, a deeper uh, range or deficit in ages. If you're asking me. I not that it doesn't happen, but I do not think that it is a common practice or a an accepted idea in a lot of black households. I can just tell you that off the rip. There's no way that most black parents are watching this 16 year old girl start to date like an older gentleman. You know, they're mm-hmm. like, what the fuck are you? Boy, if you don't get this shit out of my face, like, what are you talking it's about? It's going to be like Will and Martin and Bad Boys, too. <laughs> For, you know I mean? Yeah, for sure. Coming straight to the door. What yep. the fuck mm-hmm. is up? Mm-hmm. What's up, Reggie? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <And Yeah. laughs> great scene. And 
I was like, I feel like this may be more prevalent in some Hispanic cultures. And she was like, well, well she was like, why would you say that? I, I grew up in a, in a small, like sort of country town. Not like when she was in Puerto Rico, when she came here, she grew up in a, in a small town called Edinburgh, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was like, a lot of those people were white people. And there were tons, like all sorts of young girls my age were getting pregnant by some fucking dude that was out of school or whatever the fuck. And I actually, and we knew some people that were dating some old ass people. Yep. Like yep. there's a girl in particular uh, and her initials were J.M., Right. She was a Hispanic girl. A lot of people liked her. We went to middle school with her. I think she did some high school. Yeah, definitely went to high school. Either way, she was dating some dude out of high school. And it was common knowledge. Like we all knew that there was some fucking dude. I think his name was like Hondo or some shit. And he would come pick her up in a truck and like take her. And we all knew we were like, damn, like she's dating like an older dude. And it was like cool to some extent. No one really thought like. That's that shouldn't be happening, right? Like that's right. a really bad. Like no one really saw that thing. And depending upon where you go in the world, the shit is different yep. with with ages and yep. stuff like that. But she wasn't quite buying it. She was like, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. She was like, I think you're generalizing. And I was like, Well, I mean, I I'm definitely open to that. I could be. Mm-hmm. The sense that I get from that is I've I studied Spanish pretty hard at a point in time. It was just like taking Adderall and just studying Spanish because I was super into it. I remember that. I remember. Oh, heavy, heavy. It went on for years. Mm -hmm. Um, And I read a lot about quinceañeras. I I read about and listened to podcasts about doble quinceañeras, which is like people doing it at age 30, Mm -hmm. like having another one. And she was like, what do you think a quinceañera is? And I was like, my understanding is, is... Cause she was like, we, we like Americans have sweet sixteens. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, a sweet sixteen for us, f- to my knowledge, is a party thrown for someone, usually a girl, right? Mm-hmm. Um, sort of coming of age party, but it doesn't have this tinge of what I'm talking about. Mm. Which is, if you look at the tradition of a quinceañera, I'm not saying everyone that has one, this is what they're going after, but it is a blossoming of a girl into womanhood, mm-hmm. and often it is like showing the girl to society in yeah. a sense, yeah. right? This has been, this is as old as time is with debutantes yep, yep. like i read about it in my old because i love reading classic books like mm. 17th 18th century so you often read about these women not really like they didn't what women were there for were to become wives right mm. and just in older times like that's what their function was they weren't out there working and bringing this shit just started in life where women are really a part of the workforce and all that. Like as far as time goes, this mm-hmm. just happened in life for humans, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Women were, it was sort of their, I'm, I guess I'm speaking a lot of like Victorian area era, is women were being taught how to be the best wives. And a lot mm-hmm. of that was just being the most impressive person you could be. So you had to learn how to sing. You had to learn how to play an instrument, a different language, learn how to crochet, dance all the proper dances that they were doing. Because when you went out as a debutante, like you had to entertain, you had to entertain, you had to be able to dance all the different dances. That's the Mm -hmm. way that other houses would look at you and see if you're worth 
my house marrying to your house, yep. right? Because it was really just a transaction of of resources of of that sort. That's mm-hmm. what, this is what all it was. And, and to a lot of places still is. Like a lot of places in Africa and in the Middle East, you're giving goats away when mm-hmm. you, you know, like arrange marriages. Like how many goats mm-hmm. and cows are you going to give this family? Like mm-hmm. it's, it's tr- a lot of it's transactional. Yep. That's that's the tradition of a quinceanera, mm-hmm. right? To mm-hmm. become a woman. Mm-hmm. And so you're showing your girl off to society and saying, like, she is a woman now. Mm-hmm. Like, she is now available for suitors. Yep. And a lot of the times, those suitors are not also 16 years old. Yep. Like a lot of times, these are, these are older men around in this community understanding that. Yep. And they come with money because they're older. They're more established. So they can bring more to that person. Uh, so it's it's a very, very interesting thing. But these it's these cultures and these differences, which now when she she heard that and we did some research and found out that that is, in fact, the, the truth about these. She was like, oh, fuck. Like, I didn't know that. Like, it, well, no wonder, like, my dad wasn't about to throw one for me. Like, he wasn't a fitness show me off to society and say, yeah. hey, where are the suitors at? Like, that wasn't going to happen in my household. Yeah. Yeah. But it's interesting thinking about different cultures and trying not to be an ethnocentrist in thinking that everything you do as an American or where you grew up is just the correct way to do things and just like sort of opening your life up to more of an anthropological lens Mm -hmm. and just think, okay, well, they just do things differently. But then it's like, but where do you draw the line on like what's just different and what's truly weird? Yeah, You know what I mean? Like, so I try to open myself up to like, okay, well, that's just the way they do it. But it's like, what? But when does that line start to cross? It's like, yeah, but the way they do it is kind of crazy. So if you grew up in a culture where black cats are the fucking devil, and they bring this sort of energy to the city, the community, and we gotta do, you know, these sacrificial rituals in order to cleanse our community of that, of that bad energy, then you grow up believing it and you do that shit. It, but, but I think now we know that that ain't it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah so like i can yeah, say hey yeah. different culture they do it differently but at the same time that nah, shit ain't it yeah that, that ain't right yeah yeah man and like just animals in general so my uh my brother-in-law um he he has said many times before that like growing up animals have a purpose right and that's not necessarily like as a companion for you, like what you know, us mm. being Americans, right? Like we love our pets because they bring us companionship and they, they, they comfort us when we're having a bad day or if we just want cuddles from them, like they're there and like they love us, you know, like. Emotional that, support pets. Emotional support, exactly. But growing up, he was always under the impression that they served a purpose. Like if you have a dog, Americans, we love dogs. And we want that they're, they're a part of the family, but like, you know, in other societies, they have a purpose of like herding sheep. Well, e- even here, even here, like, you know, you have sheep dogs that will like, you know, herd uh, uh, animals within a farm or whatever, you know, but trying to distinguish between like what their sole purpose is of how they were bred versus like them being a part of the family. That's very, that's a very interesting like thought to have. And if you have that conversation with people who like just, have fluffy and take them to the vet 
And, you know, you try to say, you know, this dog's purpose actually was to do this. But no, he just sits on the couch with me. And we're like, you know, that's that's my that's my pal. That's my companion, part of the family. You know, that's that's where like we start to. Like, I guess, draw the line a whole bunch of the times. And that's, you know, getting to, you know, like cats and stuff. Um, you know, I never thought that I'd ever be a cat person ever. But my mm. wife changed me. Um I saw that little black fur ball like run across the floor in her in her apartment when we were at school and I was like, I want that animal. Mm. I want that animal. <laughs> I never thought that I would ever want a cat in my life, but I want that animal bad. And we went and we adopted her and she was $25. She was only $25 off the normal like $100 of adoption fee um because it was around Halloween and she's black. And so they had like a they had like a Halloween special for black cats. <laughs> You know, so we're like, oh, golden, like, let's 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 get her. And so that, you know, helped open up the door for us wanting to get all these other cats. Um, but the, the the moral of this for us is to, like, you know, help show people that, you know, animals, animals are part of the family, of course, but they all need a home. And especially black cats that, you know, like erase the stigma of like how people typically think of them they are like like any other cat like any other animal that needs a home so that's the whole motive behind this um plus you know again you're talking to somebody who's biased because i'm an animal person anyways we're animal people but yeah no that's it's a very interesting thing different cultures having a take on like how to work with animals and like what their roles are and stuff like that it's very interesting very interesting. I'm glad that you're happy. I'm glad Thanks, that you're doing a bunch of things that you enjoy doing, whether it's just building the fucking Legos and hanging out with her as she's doing a puzzle, or it's trying to brew some cider or learn how to make wine or just thinking about animals in the future and what it is you could possibly do and what it takes to, you know, build a, you know, an organization such as the one that you want. Like, these are all great things. Like you're yeah. spending your time in some pretty like worthwhile ways. Thanks, man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, thank you. Uh, it's, I, I don't like complacency. I don't want to be stuck in the same position, like work wise. Right. Or like just in life in general and just like doing the same thing for forever. Yeah. There are, there are levels to this, right? Like I want to do, I want, I want everything to build on top of one another, one another so that we can get to that next level of like what we want to do with life and what brings us happiness and like yeah. fulfillment, right? Like for a lot of people that's having families and like having kids and stuff like that and having children to supplant you and replace you eventually, right? And to mm -hmm. continue on like your lineage, right? Our thing is animals. Um, and just like doing what brings us joy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's very important because I, again, I think people lose sight of that and they just get into the normal like nine to five grind every day. It's dangerous, mm -hmm. so dangerous. You've been caught up in it? Yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. Like, leading up until we got married, like, the first couple of years, I was like, this is what working is uh, all about, I guess. This is how it's supposed to be. This is why so many people do it. No. Yeah. No, nah, man, not for me. Yeah. Not for us. You know, like, how can we get to the next level? You know, like, I don't want to be in the same spot forever. Mm. How do you get that promotion? Like, how, like, what can I learn to propel myself to be better than what I was just, like, a year ago or even a couple months ago, mm -hmm. right? Um, to reach those goals of opening our own winery, opening this cat rescue, um, you know, it's uh, it's nerve wracking because 
it is so easy to just at the end of the day, just to like flip the TV on and go sit on the couch and just do that day in and day out. It's so easy to do that. So how do you break that? And how do you like continue to learn, like learning Spanish on the side or doing yoga and, or, you know, like things to replace any type of bad thought or complacency in your mind mm. with good things. Right. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a, it is a weird thing trying to figure out what it is you're interested in, like how to do that in a way that is truly productive and like makes sense economically speaking. Yeah. Like, cause I think that's a lot of people's issues just even identifying what they ought to give their time and attention yeah. to. Yeah. Like there's so many things to do. Like what, do, I think a lot of times people are scared into like, they're paralyzed mm -hmm. by the amount of options. Mm -hmm. Like, well, mm -hmm. shit, like what is, uh, there's a lot to do. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. what, what, what should I give my time to? Like what is important? You know, like, what, yeah, like what is important? And I guess what's more important than that is like, what is important to me? Yeah. Yeah. Like what drives me? Because that is the question I wanted to ask you is, like what what is driving you to do these things? Like I'm hearing you want to do this and you want to do that, but like what is the main like source driving behind it? But you kind of answer that. You're like, what's fun? Like yeah. what's fun for us? What feels good to us? I guess what sort of makes us feel fulfilled on a like being in tune, what makes you feel fulfilled? Yeah. My dad, because as people get older, a lot of times they they lose that. Yep. You know, they yep. lose that spark, yep. they lose that that childish you know just spark inside of them that does just get you curious moving around looking mm -hmm. at different stuff and be like you know what i never thought about that before but i think i'm i'll fuck it let me try it out you know yeah. um i think people get they, they get older they start thinking maybe there's not really enough time to do that i should have did it earlier yeah right yeah uh, that whole thing and then you just kind of box yourself out of opportunities yeah. like you psych yourself out thinking you can actually do them Dude, think of how many things you have not tried that you would be so good at mm. that you could like, like be make lucrative, you know, like think of how many things that you have a talent for that you haven't discovered yet. I was thinking about that before, like basketball ain't it. <laughs> basketball ain't it for me. And I think a lot of people would agree. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but like, but like, you know, I don't know. But even, yeah, but even sports that, like, you're not necessarily good at, but you just want to do because it seems, like, fun. Sure, sure. Like, the, like I saw the, the the gym I'm going to now has a racquetball court. I don't fucking, I don't, but I'm thinking about just getting a couple rackets and just starting to play in there. Like. Dude, and you you might, if they have if they ever have a league, you might be the one who, like, goes in and is, like, destroying everybody, and you never once, like, in the 30 Maybe, years of us. Possibly, probably not. Right, Fucking right. Mikey and I joined the FXA league a couple years ago, probably not. Who knows when it was, because I'm probably off on that, but I'm really bad with tracking time a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was a cornhole league. And huh. we thought See? because we used to go to fucking, you know, uh, like graduation parties and run people on the on the and we would go to little bars after that, like after we graduated and we'd play every now and again until people started fucking it up. The whole point of us, what got fucked up with that is we were kids. We would go out to these bars that had cornhole. You were a part of this. Mm -hmm. And 
we weren't spending money there. Yep. The rest of the adults there were eating food, making drinks. Like, they were bringing some there. We were just a bunch of fuckheads that would go to 7-Eleven, get a bunch of chips and sodas and stuff like that, bring it over to the place, bring no revenue whatsoever, and just be causing ruckus and shit mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So then we ended up, like, I think we started... We didn't get kicked out, but I think it was like you had to either be they made an age limit or it was like you had to spend money there to be a part of it. Either way, we thought we were something. We got into this fucking FX A League and was getting washed over and over again. Just the talent these guys had, the skill set, the way that they would throw the bag, the way they twist the bag, spin the bag, all these different techniques they had, knocking bags off. Like They were technical out there, but it was fucking fun. It was fun. Yep. Yep. I didn't do it again, but it was fun doing it. Yep. Have you ever gone axe throwing? I've been axe throwing. Dude, talk about. That was fun. Talk about a cult following, man. That is so much fun. And they have leagues of their own for that kind of stuff too. But you see all the different techniques. like Yeah, the the, underhand throw, the two hand, the one hand, the two dual wielding fucking axes. Yeah, Yeah, all that shit is awesome. And what's great about it, because we're in America, so they're going to do this, is you put it together as dangerously as possible because there's usually alcohol involved. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, yeah. let's yeah. throw a bunch of people that have never held an axe before. Let's have them try to throw it over and over and over again and get them as drunk as possible while they do it. Yep. Yeah, yep. of course it's a hit. Yep. Of course it's a yep. fucking hit. Yep. Those those things are popping up everywhere. It's mm-hmm. hilarious. Mm-hmm. That's like when uh, escape rooms became a thing. Yeah. It's like they just started popping up. It made all the sense in the world. Yep. Yep. It's yep. so much fun. Yeah, dude. But, but yeah, just think of like all the things you have a talent for that you don't know about yet. Hmm. And so like, you know, in your spare time, I mean, like granted, like I, I say, you know, like I don't like to get into the swing of just doing the nine to five and coming home and sitting on the couch the rest of the day. Like, yeah, I, have, I do that. Like what everybody else does, you know, but it's about trying your hand at different things that interest you, that make you happy, that bring you joy. And hey, if you get good at it, then keep on with it, you know? Like we have a dartboard in the garage now that we just like started to just, you know, play. Speaking of throwing things yeah. with alcohol involved. Right. Um, <laughs> like things like that. It's fun, right? Yeah. You know? So. I think that that's awesome. And I love hearing people talk about doing shit that they love. I it That's. It fills me with so much joy when I speak to people that just. They knew what they loved. They decided they were going to do that thing. They locked in. They just found different ways of doing it. They just like started, figured it out through time. Like they just were so interested in something that they just kept learning about it. They kept talking to people about it. They kept researching it. They kept doing it. And as you said, there are levels and they just Mm -hmm. kept ascending and Mm -hmm. ascending. And then later on, you're just like, oh, you have your own business Mm -hmm. doing that thing that you were talking to me about eight years ago. So it feels you. It fills me with so much joy. And I know so many people that have done that. And every time someone has success doing something and they love getting up and doing it, like it's almost like I'm doing it. Like it makes me feel so fucking good. I have a friend that's an art conservationist and she loves getting up. And going to work every day. She's just conserving art. She's going and she's learning about all these old ass relics. And she's Mm -hmm. doing all these data tests on it to see what materials are in them. And exactly how they need to attack it as far as like what to conserve. It gets controversial because it's like how much do we conserve it? Like how what work do we put in? Because then that may be cheapening the value of it. Like all these different things. And then there's politics that go into the art world and what is to be shown, what is not to be shown, mm-hmm. who gets to decide that. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is 
comes with like cultural history. So there's history being that's falling through the cracks because someone's like, nah, we're not going to put that out because that's too controversial or whatever. Like you have no idea what goes into curating a museum, you know what I mean? And and taking care of all that art. And she loves this shit. And she was talking to me about it when I met her back at Buffalo Wild Wings years and years ago. And so now that she went through this super rigorous training to become this person in this this process that is extremely competitive, Because there are only but so many people really, really doing these jobs. Mm-hmm. It, 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 it's fucking, it's so beautiful. Yep. Yep. Like the pictures she'll send me about things that she's working on, like new statues, new paintings, whatever the case is. It's so fucking cool. Like my brother, they got him a computer at a young age. Yeah, dude. Yeah. You know? Julian, man. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. He's killing it. Yeah. He's killing it, dude. Yeah, like he, he can't even explain to most people like what he does. Like mm-hmm. when people are just like, what do you do? You, you know, SEO work mm-hmm. and all that, but people don't mm-hmm. like know what the mm-hmm. fuck that is. So he's just, and he did it all by himself. Yep. Like he, yep. he went to a bunch of schools, didn't graduate from any of them. And he felt like all the information he was in taking online was far superior as an mm-hmm. education than what he was getting from the, Went to WVU for a point in time, clearly Nova, ODU, he was at ODU for a while. But he felt like he wasn't really getting it from those classes. I know Mikey felt that same way. Mikey's now fucking master engineer doing his thing. I've just known people that are like barbers that were just at a regular place. And then Isaiah Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, all those guys that were like, you know what? Like, I think we have a clientele heavy enough to like, let's build our own spot. Like, let's get our own spot Mm -hmm. and then just made their own spot. And now they just got their own clientele doing their thing all the time. And we meet and talk to these people all the time. I talk about a friend of mine named Willie. You know, Willie. DeGraw? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Yeah. That motherfucker, he like it was so cool. Him and I would just hang out and he would just keep a camera on him. Yeah. And we'd walk around DC and he had this affinity for taking photos for other people because they're constantly um tourists just walking around. And there's always like the dad that has to be out of the photo taking photos for everyone else. And he was every time, sometimes it gets annoying because there's so many. Mm -hmm. And he would be like, please, please, like, let me take the photo for you. And he'd make sure he's just like, because you guys want this to be the best photo. I promise you, I'm going to make this like you want you're going to want to remember this. And he was just taking photos for people all the time. And he got a camera. He just kept taking photos because he just loved taking photos. And I would see him get better and better at it. And he'd start talking to me about different shit. Uh, like with lighting and all the oh it's golden hour we got to come over here and get this photo and I'm just like what the fuck is like you're learning a lot yeah and then he started hanging out with wedding photographers and started helping them out like being an aide while they would go now it's full blown wedding photographer right yep. now yeah booked just year round constantly yep. having work yep. it's like. He was, he just liked doing that thing and just kept doing that thing and then he was crafty enough to start social media pages and get in touch with people. And he's very personable yep. and all that sort yep. of shit. Oh, yeah. And it just it just worked out for him. And now that's what he's doing. It's yeah. so that's, fucking that's cool. awesome hearing those stories. Yeah. So this just, I, you know, I bring all this up because we're just talking about what is worth looking at. Yeah. Like what is worth talking about? What is worth spending your effort on? Now, yeah. now with trying to dip your toe into different things when you say think about all the things you could be good at it's like yeah for sure and then there's just the issue of time yep oh dude like like yeah sure i could be good at all these things but 
but should how much time should I really pour into like the one thing that I'm really, really good at? Because maybe that has the maximum volume for potential mm-hmm. for me. Right. Mm-hmm. As opposed to all these other little things. So, you know, but but as long as you ha- just have one of those things that you really, really love and you want to pursue and it just brings you happiness and you would do it if there was no money attached to it or not. Yep. Right. Like yep. that's beautiful. So when I just hear you talking about all these different things, it's just very cool. It's just very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, man. It's it definitely. So like we we are not in a place financially for like, you know, the cat rescue to happen or for the winery to happen or whatever. Those are long term goals. Right. And that's a whole other thing of like, you know, like wise investments and like using using your money like wisely and, you know, had to go through struggles of that, you know, and like figuring that out and everything. Because like I learned like well, like responsible spending and like saving more so like from like a buddy of mine from work like a few years ago, you know, and like, you know, no disrespect to my parents or whatever, but I, I, I say a lot of the times that I grew up, I didn't grow up poor, but I grew up broke. Right. Mm. So like we were, we were in the hole a whole bunch of the times just because, you know, there's some irresponsible spending going on a whole bunch that I had some knowledge of, but I didn't realize until I was older. And I was like, gone!" like my, I'm in no place to like, try to correct my parents, but that probably should have been handled better, you know, like at, at, at that point in time. Right. And so like, you know, going and saving up for a wedding and like, you know, all that sort of stuff. And then being in debt from that a little bit and just through trial and error of like understanding how this stuff works. And then helping that shape my mind and our minds of like where we need to go and how we need to do it. And, you know, maybe set this much aside at this point and, you know, you know, we're, we're comfortable enough to like go and have a vacation, like, you know, and spend them out and spend this much, you know, and we can have self care to this extent, you know, like things like that, you know, it's, that has been a very, very big learning lesson for us, for me in particular. Um, because, I didn't have that growing up. Um, I had that after I like graduated. Right. So that, that also plays into effect too, of like, you know, how, how comfortable can we be spending this much and how much do we need to like keep that vision alive and, and save money for later. Right. That's a whole other thing. Return on investment is a big, big topic that covers a lot of different things. Right. It does. Yeah. For me, you know, we've been having these same conversations in here. And so just when it comes to things like groceries, mm-hmm. like, okay, where are we going to get our groceries? Mm-hmm. Like it's one, it's really cool that Keon gives us a bunch of free meat. Mm-hmm. Like that saves mm-hmm. out on a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, how much, like when it comes to budgeting, budgeting is, budgeting can be kind of fun. Right? Yeah. Like you yeah. understand exactly where your dollars are going, mm-hmm. like what shitty spending you're doing where you can cut corners, where you can't, where you need to tighten up at. Spending out has always been an an issue for me, like Mm -hmm. spending money, going out and eating whatever shitty food I found that day Mm -hmm. because I'm way too high and I'm just going to just go eat some nasty ass food. Mm -hmm. Um, And doing that often, but wanting to be someone that doesn't waste a bunch of food, like I don't want to throw away a bunch of food. Mm -hmm. The questions of budgeting are like, okay, how often are we going to go to the grocery store? Like how much are we budgeting in groceries per month? Mm -hmm. So that means like per week, what are we talking about? 
how much food can we eat at work because we have a staff cafeteria that gives free food every single day. Mm-hmm. Okay, how much do we really need to eat a day? Now we're getting into health mm-hmm. within our budget, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's it's fascinating, but it's definitely necessary to yeah. just to know because if you don't know at all what sort of money you're making versus what's going out, you're just you're kind of just winging it. Yep. You're just kind of winging it, but it's it's been extremely helpful to really nail down every dollar that's leaving, whether it be the stuff that I'm paying for for the podcast, mm-hmm. just monthly mm-hmm. things, monthly subscriptions that you don't need mm-hmm. for shit. Just mm-hmm. trying to get rid of all, just cutting all the fat off for the yep. most part. Yep. Yeah, that budgeting is is interesting, and you don't learn enough about it in school no, or, or at all unless you try to make it your business to do so. Dude, so now um, we we came across we were at a brewery one night and. Um, we brought our dog with us and this guy was, you know, spark conversation, uh, about him and, and, uh, it ended up coming into like, so what do you guys do for a living and stuff? And so we, you know, we, we had that conversation he had, he's a teacher for Osborne. He mm-hmm. teaches at Osborne. He teaches like finances of some sort. And I'm like, Oh, that's so cool that they have those classes now. And he goes, Oh, it's a requirement for all graduates. Now you have to take this class before you graduate. Oh. That's awesome that's awesome where was that at when we were at school right and then even even like going going away to college like it wasn't a requirement for you to have something like that but it still would have been nice as a gen ed to have something like that you know because you're not learning this stuff like what you should it's like have you read have you ever read rich dad poor dad when i was a child my dad made me me my brother and i both read that it's been so long though dude i picked that book up just a couple years ago, and I read it for the first time. And again, like I say, I grew up broke, not poor. Like I, my childhood was awesome. I I had the best childhood. My parents did an awesome job. Like I think they were they were great parents. Had a lot of fun. They did a lot for me, but they made those sacrifices, right? And so now I'm learning that I'm older, that it's tough, and like what you devote your time and your effort and money into, you know, like there's a lot that has to go into that that you just don't learn. Like it comes through practice or like, you know, learning on your own time, you know, and that book was very helpful in like understanding like the rich stay rich because like they, they're the, the rich parents end up teaching their, their kids how to do that kind of stuff. Whereas the poor families, the poor dads, they don't have that type of mentality. So it's different, right? So it takes a lot more for them to get out of that hole and to like become rich themselves, right? And however you define rich is, is up to you, you know? But um, it's very interesting. Very interesting how like you, they're, they're, thankfully they're starting to teach that now in schools. And I wish that we had something like that to help us because we weren't educated like that. No, um, they were all electives, like money management, accounting, yeah. or whatever there was. Uh, that, that was all, yeah. You had... Because we had the the future business leaders of America, the FBLA. That was a little group you could become a part of yeah. if you started taking those business classes. And mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. most of we didn't give a fuck about that. There was bath. No. There yeah. was also basketball class and football class and yep. graphic designing. Like there were other things you could go do. Now some of those things were cool, and I didn't take those as seriously. Like I didn't take any mechanics class, like any auto shop. I didn't take woodworking. I didn't take any of those things. It would have been nice. It would have been really nice to know how to work on cars mm-hmm. far more than I know now, mm-hmm. which is next to nothing, mm-hmm. right? Because then you're just paying out the ass 
for all sorts of wild shit. I took my shit. To, I took my car to Kia. They tried to tell me that everything that I needed was good. It was going to end up costing me like it was. I, I don't even want to exaggerate. I'm pretty certain it was. They said something like twenty thousand dollars. Oh no. Yeah. They. It was just wild. It was absolutely wild. I got everything that they told me I needed fixed for maybe like a thousand dollars. It was. It was. It was. It was grossly overpriced. Like grossly yeah. overpriced. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. And, you know, they, they get away with that. They got, there's a business. They got to run it. They got to employ people. They got to keep the lights on. Mm-hmm. They got to have mm-hmm. the, the new tools and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. So once money gets involved, it's just everything just gets very, very fucking weird. Yeah. Which is why when it, when I think about future and things that I want to do, I, it would be the, the best thing is being so financially free. Mm-hmm. That you can make a new business model mm-hmm. where like you can make a business model where the code of ethics involved in it is to make opportunity for other people and to maybe just break even doing something that is good. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that's that's awesome. <clears throat> that would be that would be very fucking awesome. Now, most business models are not made that way. It's made. They're made to make money. Rightfully so. People are trying to make money. So. There are just going to be times where there are, are layoffs that happen mm-hmm. immediately, right? And I've I've dealt with this, mm-hmm. um, not being the person that laid off, but being a part of the team of people that have to let people know that mm-hmm. they're being laid off. Mm-hmm. And if you ever know enough about how the way money moves around or the way money is spent irresponsibly, mm-hmm. you're like, oh my God, like this didn't have to happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like this mm-hmm. didn't, like we're spending, we're spending money on what? Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. We're, yeah. Lo- we're losing cost where? Yeah. These people could have had jobs. Yeah. But like now this person that's about to have a baby just has to have no job. Yep. This yep. person that, that has been working diligently for the company for X amount of years, like they're just, one day, one day told they're not given a week. No, yeah. C- could you walk out, please? Now, yeah, you're, you're done, clock out. And you just know, like, we, wait a minute, we just lost $300,000 on what thing? Like, yeah. what wait, we didn't, we, we didn't budget for this thing, so therefore, our budget is just off anyway. Like, it's a, it's a irresponsibly and absent minded and negligent budget that was made in the mm-hmm. first place. It was a, it was a impossible budget to actually accomplish. Yeah. And now we're losing, right? We're not hitting that budget. So now we're having to lay people. That's, this is not a real thing. This is not a, this is not a real problem. Um, yeah. And so that's, that's really tough. I would like, I've heard of this company, Long time ago, so I wouldn't be able to know what the company does or what the guy's name is. But he had realized through his research, the CEO of this company, that most people here in America, I don't know if this changes with inflation, can live quite a comfortable life at 70000 per year. Like quite a comfortable life where the bill collectors ought to be like if you're responsible, bill collectors ought to be at bay mm-hmm. and you can do things that you want to do with your time. Mm-hmm. And this guy was making hundreds of thousands of dollars when he made this business and he took a huge pay cut so that he could make 70000 a year along with everyone else. So he's the CEO and everyone in the business gets paid the exact same amount, which mm-hmm. is 70 grand a year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He made a conscious decision to say, 
I this business model of mine is not simply to it's not simply capitalistic. Mm-hmm. I want to create opportunities for people. And if I have to take a pay cut so that I can create this huge augmentation of quality of life for all of these this this staff that I have, mm-hmm. I'm 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 okay with taking that pay cut. I don't need all of that money. Like let me spread it around. Yeah. That's an awesome business model. So sure. when I think of myself in the future, I just I think of I that's what I think of. Yeah. Is like how can I carve out a life where the things that I do on a daily basis are in alignment with my ethics? Yep. Like that's that's yep. what I that's what I that's where I'm at now. That's awesome. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking about. Yeah. 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 That's a tough that's a tough one, man. It is tough because once you start seeing those dollar signs, you're like, ooh. For sure. You know? It it, you it know? traps people. It does. You it end does. up you end it up does. somewhere where not only is it not it does it not fulfill you just on a spiritual level, right? It's not really what you care for, but it actually goes against the grain of who you are yep. as a person. Yep. Like it encourages the the parts of yourself that you're trying to refine. It encourages the parts of yourself you're trying to leave behind, yeah. right? Yeah. That's that's the that's a rough one because then you're just like, man, fuck. How long do you want to you want to stay here? Right. You know, like right. like Nazi soldiers weren't just terrible people. They a lot of them were just people that were put in a position where it's like, well, listen, it, you want to be a soldier and, and, you know, put these people in encampments and just, you know, watch over them and sometimes kill them. Or do you want me to take your family mm-hmm. and put them in that fucking camp or kill? Like, what do you want to do here, buddy? Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, duh, fuck it. You know what? I guess I'm a Nazi soldier now. Yep. The question is like. How long do you how long do you live being a Nazi soldier? Like how long can you live with yourself doing it? How like what type of Nazi soldier are you gonna be? You ever read uh Man's Search for Meaning? Or Man Yeah, Man's Search for Meaning by Victor E. Frankel? Mm-mm. It's a beautiful book. It's one of those books where it, it <laughs> expands your perspective on things and everything that you were thinking about complaining about that day, you're like, oh then eh, never mind. Yep. My life is awesome. Yep. It's a psychiatrist, I believe. That was a uh, he was uh, he was imprisoned right in one of the intern in one of the camps. Um, they saw people being marched into these fucking you know the gas chambers and killed all the time, and he just had these. The, the book is split into three parts. Where the first one, the first part I believe is um, I want to make sure I get this right. I believe it's just sort of the history of it. Then the second part, I maybe I think I'm confusing this with Michael Pollan's book about psychedelics too. But there, there, there are three. I think there's one that's like neurological or, or psychiatric, like from a psychiatric lens. There's one part that's just simply his experience yeah. going through it, like just anecdotes. And it's all just very, very heavy because he's talking about some of the inmates that realize that they're all inmates and they're they're trying to stick together through this fucking thing. Mm-hmm. Then you have other inmates that start to treat other inmates like shit. And you're just like, bro, we're all in the Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Like, we're all here. What? Are, what's, what's up with you? Mm-hmm. Then you have certain guards that are clearly the worst of people in the world because they're Nazi soldiers. And some of them are just they just want to see you squirm mm-hmm. before you die. And then there are other ones that realize that what they're doing is the worst possible thing. And they try their best to to like facilitate the best type of Nazi mm-hmm. death camp that they mm-hmm. possibly could, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that looks like, like giving some of the, the inmates time to go and gather 
by a fire by themselves and like mm-hmm. tell stories and laugh and all that as mm-hmm. much as they can. And then it's like, all right, go back to, you know, yeah. like you're going to have this spectrum of human beings. So this is a long winded and probably extreme way of saying like, in what ways in our lives are we like Nazi soldiers where you're kind of just following the mold of what someone told you you need to be doing. But, you know, you like you just know that that's not you. And it's like, how long are you going to stay there doing that thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've been put in positions where I'm like, this isn't, I can't, not forever. Like, yeah. I can't do this forever. Like, yeah. I have to find another way where I can be me. Yep. I, can, I can be myself because yep. that means a lot to me. Yep. Like, that freedom of self and expression yeah. means so much to me, which is why I keep coming back here and doing this fucking podcast. Mm-hmm. And I want other people to be feel free coming in here and expressing whatever they want mm-hmm. to and not feeling like, I'm not going to cut anything out. I'm not going to stop anyone from talking about what's on their mind about anything. It's like, this is free space. Right. I speak about what you want to be who you are, because I know that in so many other spaces in our lives, you're not able to be that person. That shit is crippling. Yeah. Oh, that fucking thought of just, oh, it's just, you're just in, you're in a, you're in a prison. Yeah. You're in a a lot of times a self-made prison because you make the decision every day to not I'm not saying just go quit your job, but like, are you are you finding a way out as you're talking about your long term goals? Like, are you finding a way to facilitate that, you know, that avenue? It's hard, man. It's scary. It's scary. One of the best pieces of advice that I haven't followed, but I've remembered is um, like almost 10 years ago, this guy told me to go and like start investing like get into stocks, get into real estate. Like that's an, an easy one, right? Right. Comparatively, right? Um, but get into that kind of stuff so that you're not just doing a nine to five, right? Yet you have other assets of revenue coming in. But all that to say that it was about not being risk adverse. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, or, right? Did I yeah, say yeah, right? for sure. Yeah, not being did, risk adverse. Yeah, 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 right? so, yeah. yeah. Um, because the older that you get, the more you are, the, the more you are risk adverse. Like you don't want to take those chances because like you have established this stability that if you go and like, you know, put X amount of money towards something and you're not guaranteed to get any return on investment on that, then, you know, there's too much at stake. So start that early on. Mm-hmm. Right. I've not done that. Yeah. <laughs> not done that. But like just thinking about that, because, again, people do get stuck in this rat race and this loop continuous loop like i worked with this guy awesome guy awesome guy but he's been doing the same exact thing like he's he's like 50 right he's been doing the exact same thing for the past 30 years and i'm just like golly i can't i can't i don't want to i don't want to (laughs) get scared out of that real fast yep i'll get scared out of that real quick just like those heart palpitations like oh nope i guess that's done for me yep no more no more creatine no more pre-workout whatever yeah i'm done i'm i'm good i'm good but yeah, just like realizing that like as early on as possible. I'm, but I mean, like some people are fine with that, you know, and that's that that's how they want to be. Their mom and dad did that for so long. Grandma, grandpa mm. did that for so long. I, I meant to say, say that about my dad earlier is that uh, when I brought him up, he's an inspiration for me in that regard because he, he's clearly steadily getting older. Yeah. But unlike any <laughs> other person I know. He finds a way to just stay fresh. Yeah, and he told yeah. me the last time uh, 
because we, we'll hang out and go to a Buffalo Wild Wings, and their service is just so trash these days. <laughs> but we'll just we'll go there and just eat wings and talk about whatever the fuck. And he's just into so much stuff, and he tells me that he's trying to get much better because he's been an entrepreneur for so long, so he's, he doesn't have to be anywhere on anyone else's time, so he has that freedom. Yeah. And he he's telling himself that he's trying as he's getting older to feel more comfortable kind of going where his gut is telling him, Mm -hmm. you know, just like whatever you're interested in that day, like just move towards that thing. And he's curating these art exhibits with other curators because, you know, my, my grandfather was an artist. Yeah. Uh, So he's making sure that all of his art is being doled out properly and the stories being told as it's happening. So my dad's piecing together all these pieces of art were some of those in your old house? Oh, because I remember tons. Of I remember it. them. Tons I remember tons of cool. it, and he has such sentimental value because it was his yeah. father. Yeah. So he's trying his best to make sure that story gets told, and uh, and he's also managing this fucking like funk jazz band, which is like weird. He just met these people. He would start him and my mom go out to eat and drink and listen to live music often. They love it. That's cool. So when they're doing it, my dad is, he's my dad. So he's talking to people constantly, just making friends. And he, he would go out and he would see this band. Um, damn, what is the name of the band? Um, I'm forgetting it right now. But he would see this band and uh, Forms of Expression is what it is. And he would see this band locally up at uh, Old Town Manassas or wherever the case, or they'd be at a winery nearby, like Bull Run Winery. Mm-hmm. And then he, they would see him often, and then he just started talking to him. And the lead guitarist just started talking to him about how it was difficult to get certain gigs that he wanted to, and he wanted to, you know, expand. He didn't want to just do covers. He wanted to do his own music that he's been writing, but he doesn't know how to talk to people and how to market himself. And my dad was like, I know how to do those things, mm-hmm. and I like your music. Like, l- you know what? Let me help you out. And he just took that on and started getting this guy gigs places. And I was just like, Dad, what are you? You're managing a funk band? Like, what are you doing right now? He was like, I'm managing a funk band. And then I got this, this uh, you know, event at this museum in Nashville next week, and I got to go do that. And he's just bouncing around doing all these interesting things. Him and my mom started playing cornhole heavy a few years ago, and they were getting in all sorts of tournaments and. But it's just fascinating, and it is, it's beautiful to yep. watch yep. him get older and lean into life more. And yeah. I'm like, yeah. God, like, yes, I'm so glad that you're not losing that thing. If anything, it seems like you're gaining it. That's so cool. You know, that's, yeah. it's so beautiful to watch. And I just, I, I have no <laughs> doubt in my mind that I will be that person as well. I'm excited to see what type of older person that I'll be, but I think yep. I'm laying down, like, all the the proper bricks to be a very cool older guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, it'll be so cool to just have like fucking 5,000 podcast episodes at some yeah, point in time of yeah. just all, just all these memories <clears throat> of all these different people, all these different forms of expression, pun intended. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It will be, it'll be really, really, really cool. But I'm, I'm interested in, in, in life. And I do like life on that granular level. Mm-hmm. I do like figuring out why people are invested in certain things and like what is the driving force behind their their ascension in life and their productivity. And 
it's it's really really interesting to see because some people just they want to make a lot of money. It's like okay, cool. Like, what are you gonna do with that money? You know, what like what what is it for? Is it for your lineage? Like like you said, some people just want to have children. As far as I'm concerned, I don't care if my blood passes on. There's so many other people on this planet. Like their blood can. It doesn't have to be Earl. It doesn't have to be the next version of Earl. I'm not too worried about. I'm not too set in my ego where. Like my blood has to carry on, and like mm-hmm. the world must know Earl. Like it, mu- it doesn't matter to yep. me. Yep. So that's not a motivation for me. Yep. But it is for a lot of other people. It's very interesting to learn about people's motivations and how it got there, and yeah. how it shifts through time, and how a simple conversation might change all of that for you. Yeah. It's it's beautiful. But I'm I'm really happy for you. I'm happy for Kelly. I'm happy that's for all those people I spoke about that are making dreams happen. Yeah. It's so fucking cool, but it's so yeah. it, it it's so necessary for me to express in that way. I've talked about it a few times on here. When you talk about coming home and sitting down in front of the TV, I for the first time have per- has purchased my own since like the GameCube, my own gaming system. That's cool, and is yeah. the, the like the newest Xbox that has been out. Yeah. And I'm playing Hogwarts Legacy. And I, oh, it, dude. I keep fucking talking about this game. I won't stop talking about it. I don't care how many people I talk to it about. I, if you're a gamer, I just you should just look at it. You should just go, especially if you like adventure games. Try it out. Oh, my God. I was talking to Mikey about the level, the like the layers of art, like yeah. just the graphics, the music, yeah. the gameplay, like the spell casting, the story, the puzzles, yeah. just the overall sense of adventure you get. And when you're on a broom, just fucking flying over Hogwarts, just it, it, I feel like it just opens my mind when I just get to see the sky and trees and valleys and you just get to fly wherever you want. It sort of, I feel like it opens my mind to adventure and I feel like I'm stimulated in an inspirational way yeah. just playing this fucking video game. Yeah. I imagine you like motorcycles. I imagine it would be like what it's like for someone that's just riding a motorcycle and they got nowhere to be. Like they're just riding it down a dirt path somewhere and it's just in a rural area. Yeah. Like that sense of just get up and go. Yeah. Get up yeah. and go. Like that's... I'm, but I'm also like a romantic in my heart. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Clearly, yeah. No, clearly. You know, ab- absolutely. No, I'm glad that you mentioned that. So I have Hogwarts Legacy. I haven't played it yet, but I have it. It was, it was a, it was a, it was a birthday present, and I haven't opened it up yet. Um, I've been. Don't really worry bad. about it. It's there. I've been really bad about it. I now. It's there now. I, I'm, I'm also OCD. Like I have other games that I started that I, I have to finish them first. Okay. I can't play multiple games. I'm currently on Miles Morales, oh. Spider Man. Yeah, so. Yeah. Beautiful game. I played the first Spider-Man. Awesome. Beautiful. Miles Morales. Just as beautiful, if not even better. I've seen it played. So, Duty would play it in front of me all the time. I would just sit there and watch him. Dude, it's it's so cool. Just like, you know, the 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 beauty and the graphics and just open world doing what what whatever you have to do and just like, you know, getting the new suits and all this sort of stuff. It's so just, much it's fun. It's the same freedom in that type of game. Just yep. fucking web slinging around the city. Yep. It's, it's, it's yep. the same thing. It's like, where do I want to go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you yep. just like, yep. This fucking world is my oyster. I can do whatever. I love yep. adventure games for Same. that thing. Same. I've been like a huge shooter game, like first person shooter, run around. Like I get the appeal of them. I get the appeal of like all the video games. But there's something extremely for me captivating about being able to get up and just go. Yep. 
Yep, I, I agree. If you haven't played them, get Assassin's Creed. Right. The Assassin's Creed games, the exact same thing, but it's and they take so long, and that's what I love about video games that take that long. Is it's I don't want it to end. Like I don't I don't want a quick game. Give me something that's super long. Um, but yeah, dude. No, I I know as soon as I put Hogwarts Legacy, and I'm gonna be all in on that, and nothing else is gonna come of like my daily activities except for playing that game. So. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, like when you leave here, that's what I'll do. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I don't have work tomorrow. Tomorrow's gonna be another leisure day. I'll wake up and I'll record another podcast. I'll probably go hit the gym after that, and then after that, most likely gonna pop a little shroom pill and just kind of just like lay out in here and relax and just you know uh, introspect a little bit and laugh and play some video games and all that sort of stuff. So awesome. Yeah, that's what I have going on. What's your day looking like tomorrow? Um, By the way, look at you making good decisions, going back to making the decisions best for yourself, for your future self, right? You knew that you're going to go hit the gym first thing in the morning. I always ask people if there's a beverage or anything that you may like, you were like, as much as I would like to, I'm going to not do it because I know how I feel in the morning. When I do that, it's not going to be good for my exercise. Yep, I appreciate that. Congratulations! Thank you. you. That's Thank awesome. you. Now, if it was any other day, <laughs> yeah, what would it, what would have been got? the what would have been the drink? Uh, what would you have wanted, dude? I'm I love bourbon on ice. Bourbon on I ice. love bourbon on ice. If you if I love brews too, and oh. I love wine. Right, um, right, clearly. So um, and, and ciders. Any, yeah, you're yeah. pretty well rounded. I guess you. Yeah. I am, man. I'm not a I'm not a vodka drinker. I'll have tequila if if it's if the mood strikes, you know. But definitely bourbon. Definitely bourbon. That's my that's my speed. But so gym first thing in the morning, it's my wife's birthday tomorrow. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Yep. Okay. So, so we're going to, we're, we're getting the day started just fine. You know, doing that, take her out to lunch, maybe brunch. Okay. Um, and then that's when we'll have some mimosas or something like that. Yeah. Um, but then her, her sister and brother-in-law are coming in into town. Um, cause we're going to go away to the lake this weekend, um, for her birthday and just hang out, go on the pontoon and, uh, Wait, what the fuck is a pontoon? Like a boat. Okay. Um, oh, crap. Speaking of which, I have to take the class in order to operate the thing before <laughs> before Friday. Um, but yeah, dude, no, just just chilling. Probably hang out with the pup. Um, of course. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's a very nice, wholesome lifestyle you're living in. I'm, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. And, and so you were asking, you know, if I'm happy, are you? You happy with where you're at and like what you're doing and where I, I you're am. going? I'm happy with uh, mostly a lot of what brings happiness in my life is the the relationships that I have with people, and I'm yeah. very well aware of that. Um, so I I'm in a great space. One because I built this. Yeah, I built this, and people come to hang out and just fucking chat. Yeah. So that brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. Yeah. Tons. Like doing this right now. Like this is fun. Like without this. I don't know when the next time is that we would have hung out yeah. or seen each other, right? But because there is a podcast platform, it's like, hey, man, oh, I heard you're doing a podcast. Yeah, I'm doing a podcast. Oh, you want to do a podcast. Oh, let's talk about you wanting to do a podcast and whatever else is on your mind. Come on through. So the availability of us hanging out is always there, yeah. right? Like you have a phone. I have a phone. Mm-hmm. We both have cars. Mm-hmm. We have free time. Like We can make it happen. Often, though, it does not happen. Yeah. And that's the case with all of us. But having a podcast platform just it just a, it brings such people a to good you. Reason. Yeah, yep. it just brings people to you. It's a, yep. and it, it's a nice excuse to come hang out. Yeah. So 
that part of my life makes me feel extremely fulfilled. Yeah. Um, all my relationships with people are like they're real relationships. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have the ancillary sort of relationships that you just casually have with people, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like if you speak to me often, we talk about real things. I know how people are doing. We talk about their feelings, their health, mm -hmm. the fun things that they're doing. We shoot the shit. We mm -hmm. get stupid, whatever the case is. Mm -hmm. But I have like real, I, I, I can finally say that in my life, the relationships I have with people are, are truly, truly nourishing. Yeah. yeah. You know? And so that makes me really, really happy that that's the case. Um, job is cool. Job is it is what it is. It's definitely taught me a lot. It's definitely because I'm in a leadership position, which yeah. I haven't been in before. And there are a lot of things where like I didn't like I never was trying to vie to be a leader before. Like it kind of found me. They were like, hey, listen, we need this person. We think you'd be great for it. like, is there any what kid like, would you be open to it? Let's talk. Mm -hmm. Let's negotiate what you need, whatever. So we went through that negotiation and then, you know, they had to give me certain things and understand where I was coming from and they were able to do them for me. So I was like, all right, fuck it, I'll do it. And then it just sharpens your your skills. Like you have to yeah. rise to the occasion or you don't, right? Yeah. Sink or swim. Yeah. And I'm in there and now I'm mentoring interns that are coming in that are mm -hmm. studying hospitality and I'm talking to them about things like real boots on the ground applications. Like that administrative shit, like I'll show you that too. And that will come. You can learn how to do that. Yeah. But we're managing human beings. Yeah. Yeah. Like, let me talk to you a little bit about what that is. Yeah. Like, yeah. let me talk to you about emotional intelligence. Yeah. Like, Don't, what, dude. Like, yep. like, you need to know how people feel. People are, uh, what should, should I say, habitual people? No, what should I say? Uh, just people of habit. They're beings of, we're creatures mm -hmm. of habit, is mm -hmm. what I should say. So you have to be aware of scheduling people, mm -hmm. like what people you are, you are at the helm of people's schedules. Yep. They're weak yep. and what it looks like. You have to be sensitive to different people and who different people are and how they feel about working certain days or certain hours. And you mm -hmm. have to try to put together this puzzle mm -hmm. in a sense where you can house the establishment and get the work done, but also at the same time remain sensitive to people and what it is they have going on in life and how they mm -hmm. feel about things and sit people down and sometimes don't talk to them about work. Yep. It's simply just like, hey, listen, we're going to sit down and have breakfast today. I just want to talk to you. Yep. Like, let's just see yep. how you feel about things. And th these are things that you really have to do in a leadership position if you are to be like a true leader yep. that isn't going to have the people underneath you fucking start a mutiny and get you the fuck out of there yep. because that that happens too. People sabotage people all the time. Yep. Try to, they're yep. just like, I don't want to fucking work for this guy. Mm -hmm. Um, so it has sharpened a lot of skills that I would have never thought that I would have been privy to, or that I would even have thought that I would have needed. Yeah. Um, but I've also learned in that I have these qualities mm -hmm. and I can pay attention to these things and I do a really good job at it. Mm -hmm. Just don't want to do this shit forever. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't. Managing adults is crazy. You got to fucking like sit people apart and yeah. like you go to that corner you go over there guys play yeah. nice i'm yeah. gonna walk away for five minutes can you guys just yeah. work together 
Please, I know she said this thing about you. Hey, please don't say this thing about her anymore, guys. We're just here to work. Let's try to work together. What can I do to facilitate a space where you guys can work together and you're not feeling like you're getting the short end of the stick or you're getting this person's getting favoritism for some reason? You're just dealing with a lot of emotions, a lot of different stories. People are constantly in and out of the hospital. People's family members are dying. There's just there's just we're fucking humans and you're managing them. That shit's crazy. Yeah, yeah. That's that's nuts. Like so many emotions and yeah. Yeah. Get along. Get along, please. <laughs> what can I do to help? You know? Yeah. And then and then realizing where you have to relinquish control where it's not where, like cause you can't you can't control everything. So then you also have to realize where you just where you have no authority mm-hmm. truly. Like where you're not going to change things. Certain qualities and people that are just there to stay because they're 58 fucking years old and they're not about to change because some young new buck is coming and trying to teach an old dog new tricks. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, it's, it's very, very, very interesting, but I think ultimately it has strengthened me. Um, yeah, definitely not worn me down. Like a lot of people get jaded by the point that I'm at just like a year in of doing it, but I'm, I'm definitely strengthened by it and I've learned a ton and I've grown a ton. So I, I tend to look at those things that have happened to me. Um, happy with my health. Happy with where I am, location, like yeah. locationally speaking. Yeah. Um, how I feel about myself. I have a great relationship with myself. Yeah. My mind, I feel stable, which is really great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Just looking like sitting across from you because I talk to people a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. So, again, you're getting reps in. I look at so many people's facial expressions often. I look in their eyes. I hear them talk about things like I, I do this a lot. So you start to pick up a lot of similarities and, you know, variabilities in people. And so it's very nice to, like, look across at you. And you're just when you talk about your parents doing a great job, they most certainly did. Like you are a stable human, you know, like you just. Sometimes you're talking to people and they just do. You just don't quite <laughs> you just feel like you're just never on equal footing. Like you just yeah. don't quite know yeah. when shit might go left. Yeah. So it's very nice when people speak and they they're not like super like rushing their words. Mm-hmm. They're just they're there. They're speaking to you. They're attentive. Mm-hmm. They don't feel it doesn't feel like some weird thing is bubbling up and there's about to be some eruption for some reason. Like you just seem stable. Right. Right. You seem right. like you can have a stable organized objective conversation about things whether they be controversial topics or whatever the case is like you seem very stable um and well spoken and it's great it's great to see those people they give me hope uh yeah especially when i see young people like yeah. you, you know much younger people that are like that I'm like, oh yes, okay. Like we still, like, we yeah, we're still out here. Right, right. Like you're out here. I'm so good. Like I want to nurture you. Right. Like I want you to keep this thing that you have because right. there's so many other people that are out here flipping fucking shit. Yep. Yep. And there's there's a lot of credence to that as well because mm-hmm. a lot of the the world is fucking crazy. Yep. Like when you talk about bad things going on in the world, bad people, they're killing fucking cats and the, the, the people bombing people, shooting up schools. There's just there is a ton of weird shit going on. When we talk about, you know, the political game of shit is is weird. When you talk about people being mandated to do things that, again, are against their beliefs or whatever. Like when it, I was just talking about that with your job, with not your job, but a job 
being a part of something that does not align with you ethically, um, but being mandated to do something. I think about doctors and nurses or like you need to get this shot. Like you have to get a COVID shot. Right. You have to get the booster. But there are people that clearly did not. And it's not even just nurses. There were a lot of people, a lot of places where that mandate was brought. And it was like, listen, we're going to need you to get this shot. And it's like, yeah, but I'm good. I feel healthy. I do other things. Mm -hmm. I take a ton of the supplements and get a ton of the vitamins. Like I take good care of myself. Mm -hmm. A lot of these other people that are really at risk for it are obese. They do vitamin D deficient. They just don't take good. They don't exercise ever. They eat terribly. Like they just, I don't do any of those things. I feel much better than that. I, and also the facts on the vaccines and stuff like that have been shaky. They've gone this way. Then it's like backtracking and it's like, oh, actually, never mind. You actually can catch it. It may actually be worse. It actually doesn't stop transmission. It's like a bunch of weird things. It just goes back and forth. Mm-hmm. So people, it was never. Set in stone. It was never the, the, the facts we were getting turned out to not be facts later on. It was just wishy washy. Mm-hmm. But to tell people, like, no, you're going to need to do this, that's a tough space to be in. It's like, yeah. damn, like, I ha- well, I guess I have to fucking lo- now I have to lose my job mm-hmm. or I do this thing that I feel like isn't maybe necessarily the best thing for me because I don't know what's in it. I don't know. There haven't been trials for long enough because it just came out. This is just a thing. So I don't know what effects may come in the future like i have no idea if this is going to cause any heart problems for me or anything like i I just don't know Mm -hmm. right but they're telling me i have to do it or i'm out of a job right like that's that's terrible and that and that's going to be a firing that's not going to be a layoff so maybe i can't get unemployment right after the way i would be if it was a layoff it's just like a ton of shit that you have to think about yeah man i i just um i'm i'm really really happy for People that have found some stability in this crazy ass world mm-hmm. where there's wars going on and talks of future wars and stuff like that. And, and people are worried about AI technology and where that's going to go. People are worried about the fucking UFOs and like what's going on with that. It, it, there's just there's too much to be worried about. Yeah. So for people that have found some sort of peace. And you can see it when you speak to them and you can feel calm when you speak to them because the con- the interaction you're having with them is not anxiety driven. Right. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful thing. I and so I, I commend you on finding that peace. But you've always, I mean, kind of seen this way to me. Like, I, I never really saw you as like that kind of guy. I mean, there'd be some time. I think there was a time when I saw you about to like beat up a guy on the side of the street. <laughs> we were, we were drunk. We were walking through Harrisonburg. That was freshman year, man. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, that was, was a, freshman yeah, year. that was a lot. Oh, that's so funny that you remember exactly what I'm talking about. I know about. exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause there was just some shitheads out there talking, talking out their ass. Yeah, like, yeah. I think they were just like looking at you or something like that. We were with, there, there were a couple of girls that were with us, and uh, they were. I could, I could see them and like hear them commenting in like yeah. disrespectful ways. And uh, yeah, the 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 one I, I was just like, you know, like, and and the the one dude was like, "You got a problem, bro?" And I was like, <laughs> "As a matter of fact, yeah, I do." And they they cried. They came across the street and everything. And I was just that was yeah. it. Yeah. I'd like to think of myself as a very level-minded, happy person, right. just like you. I cherish my relationships with everybody. I love people, and I want to be friends with everybody. You know, that's how I've always been. That's how you are. 
that's you know like it's I, I i will always be that way but i do have my times when like i guess my temper does flare up a little bit yeah there has to be times when you got to pull the dog out yeah the, the dog had the dog got to be there yeah i talked to mike about this on the last one as well like the, 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 you don't when the dog is just out just roaming around acting crazy biting people it's like oh that i don't want to hang around that person yeah, yeah but if you just know that someone has it in them but they have it completely under control. That's what you want, right? You want to be able to build young men that can control that anger, control that power that's inside of them. You want to integrate that into the way that they live. So it's like, let's not get rid of it, but let's let's find a way to hone it and put that effort towards the right things when it's necessary. Like, I don't want you to lose that dog. I need that. Yep. Because if something goes wrong, I need to know that you can be who you need to be in that moment. Yep. I don't want some docile little bitch, right? <laughs> like we like we don't we don't we don't want right. that. Like right. like women don't want that. They don't right. they, they for the mo- generally speaking, they don't. They want right. to feel protected. Right. So it's like can you if need be step up and rise to this occasion. Yep. So yep. yeah, so yep. that's great. You know, you and maybe martial arts has probably had a big influence in doing that because a lot of times people that go through those uh processes learning how to fight and control their anger and and being humbled being beaten up constantly are just like all right i know how to do this but like i definitely don't want to go out just looking for fights yep dude i've had my bell rung plenty of times and you go in there thinking that like you're big you're big and bad and like you know the last match that i had with this guy i i clocked him in the head a few times and i clearly won that match not always the case and especially like, you know, other factors, you know, come into play. Are you having a good day? Are you having a bad day? Like, did you have a spout with this person beforehand? And yeah, dude, it definitely teaches you. But yeah, the 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 discipline aspect of that. And right. So I tried to get my, you know, when I was teaching before, I'd try to, you know, teach my kids to, you know, if you have a hot head, you know, suppress that, use it for later, control it. But every now and then you want it to come out and, yeah, you know, you, you got to crack help, somebody. Help, help you win that fight, you know, yeah. but yeah, yeah man. I'm That's, happy to have you as a friend. I'm, I appreciate you, brother. I, I, I love friendships like ours where, you know, we don't talk for however long. We come back. Boom. It's this. Easy. Easy. Like, it, it, like not a beat has passed at all. Yeah. So, I, and I appreciate that. I was thinking, um, talking about playlists, um, do you know where we were at graduation night? Where we were at graduation night? No. Your basement. Oh, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, we didn't fucking go anywhere. Like, we, we didn't, didn't go. Yeah, we didn't go do some big grand thing. No, we, we kept on waiting to hear. Hey, who's having a party? We know, like, you know, somebody in Sumner Lake's gonna have something going on, or you know, but nothing. Nobody did anything. We just ended. It was like you, me, like Tony, Mikey, yeah. whoever. We ended up going back and just listening to music and just yeah, chilling. That's fucking hilarious. That and that was fourteen years ago. 14 yeah oh yeah like i told you i came on here talking about talking to may it was the the name of the the lady that was on here like two episodes ago talking about some oh yeah i went there i went to my high school reunion two years ago and then mikey had to hit me up on the side and be like bro that was four four years ago yeah like what time and the craziest thing about that is the conversation I was having with her was how time moves and how you just you're not aware of it. Yeah. I constantly think that something happened a week ago and it was five months ago. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just yep. like, wait, yep. what? What? That didn't happen that long ago. Yeah, it's crazy. It was just Christmas, man. It was just Christmas. Yeah, it's crazy. And now we're halfway through this fucking year. It's just flying, man. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you for coming here, man. This has been awesome. Here, come give me a hug, man. I appreciate come you, give man. give me a hug. Episode 170 in this bitch. Love you, bud. Love you, too, man. This was awesome. Yeah. This was an honor. Yeah. This was an honor. Peace, everybody. Peace.